0: Welcome to this week's The Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stackin with you alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, the sports director at KORN Radio there in Mitchell. Also the host of Taking Time with Travis. Uh, The podcast, uh, none other than Travis Crins. Travis, how we doing?
1: That's me. We got, uh, it literally feels probably at least 80 degrees, if not more, warmer than it was a week ago on Monday.
0: With the wind chill. Uh, what, what is it in yes. wind chill right now?
1: Right now it's 65 degrees
0: out. Holy shnikes.
1: Last week it was 30 below Monday and Tuesday morning.
0: It's 95 degree difference then. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, 60, low 60, 60,
1: 60 or 64 for a high today. And I do figure it feels a, little, a couple degrees cooler than that. So it's, yeah, but then we got more, something, something on Friday night, Saturday, mm-hmm.
0: we're talking about. So. Yep. Just in we, time. We only
1: got We only got about two inches yeah. last week. Wow. We did, it, was, it was very cold, and only got a couple inches of snow, One was all done, but... Yeah, it's a uh,
0: very nice Little Falls, Minnesota sits about 40, 30 to 40 miles north of St. Cloud, and they got 13 inches of snow. We got maybe four, four and a half. Duluth got 17 inches. Superior, Wisconsin got 19. So the storms definitely went north, but I agree. I've heard that we're in line for a storm this weekend, just in time for the Summit League Tournament, because you know the Summit League Tournament can't tip off without some wacky, weird weather and that's what we are going to get here this week. And we'll have a uh, Summit League Tournament preview here uh, in a little bit. But there are more important things going on in the world right now. What? Uh, I know. I Believe it or not, there are. This better
1: be good, Shaq,
0: and This better be real good. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is still being removed on the trading okay. block. No, no, I can't do that. No. But in all seriousness, with what's going on in Ukraine... Russia invading them last week, the Ukrainians are holding down the fort. Nice like they're doing a f- fantastic job. They've exceeded expectations. Russia and Ukraine had talks on the Belarusian border on Monday. We'll see where that goes. It doesn't seem great because it sounds like Russia's firing uh rockets into Kharkiv, which is the second largest city in Ukraine. Tons of sanctions have been placed on Russia. The whole world is apart from it even like somewhat China has condemned Russia for what they are doing. Uh, Putin seems like a petulant child throwing a temper tantrum. He's not listening to anyone. He's making a lot of decisions with raw emotion rather than strategic. I mean, the whole thing is not gone according to plan. And one, one just has to be uh, taken aback by the resolve of the Ukrainian people and how they are fighting for their freedom and fighting for their country. It's awesome to see. And I mean, everyone, like I said, everyone's rooting for them. You know, we're lighting up buildings and stuff, whatever good that does. But in solidarity, I guess for, you know, in the blue and yellow and in, like I said, in solidarity for Ukraine, which is nice. Uh, Hopefully, you know, some more weapons can come. NATO can assist. I know Ukraine has applied for, uh, um, or, or uh, to, to get into NATO, the kind of expedite the process. We'll see where that goes. But it, before we get to the sports side of it, it's just an absolutely remarkable situation. What Ukraine, uh, what Ukraine is doing right now, and just a terrible situation in general with what Russia is doing. And uh, I watched a lot of news over uh, the weekend. Because uh, you can't really turn it off. There's just always something new going on, and it's been fascinating to to watch, and we can only hope that Ukraine keeps fighting and holds off the, these nasty Russians.
1: It's a bad deal. I feel like this ain't going to last much longer. I hope not. I feel like once we get to the NCAA tournament, I feel like we're like well, maybe two more weeks of this, and then it'll be done. They'll retreat. And it doesn't sound like it's really going Russia's way anyway.
0: Well, so, can can Ukraine hold out for two more weeks? Though I think that's the the major yeah. issue here.
1: I don't know what Russia wants. I don't know what, what what's the end of this. What, what do they want?
0: They want Ukraine under Russian power. They want to rebuild the Soviet Union.
1: They're not. They're not going to get Ukraine. So they're going to invade it. Some. They're going to people are going to die. They'll retreat in a few weeks or a month or whatever it happens and. They'll negotiate something, and Ukraine's going to still be Ukraine. And, Hopefully. So uh, they're, they're wasting their time, I think, with this. So it's yeah.
0: it's amazing, though, how this sort of deal has, again, united the world. Uh, Sweden is now not, like, being so neutral. Germany is saying, yeah, we're ratcheting up some... Um, some weapons here for Ukraine and stuff, because we're going to back them and everything. Like They've been for a while not put a whole lot in their defense um, department in terms of of funding and whatnot, but everyone's all of a sudden kind of stepping up to the plate and doing things differently than what we've seen in the past, which is great, and that includes the sports world. The IOC, uh, the corrupt IOC, normally has kind of banned, I think, banned Russia from Olympic competition here that's what they've they've asked for sports to to ban Russia. FIFA and UEFA have banned Russia from the World Cup and future like UEFA championships and and competition. The NHL has condemned Russia whatever you know for whatever that's worth but you know gymnastics events are getting pulled out. Hockey events are getting pulled out of Russia. Skiing events pulled out. Uh, sponsorships leaving. The owner of Chelsea, the uh, the the soccer club in in England he's a a Russian oligarch and apparently he's gonna you know give away his ownership it's just it's amazing what this is doing and like because we've I think mentioned it before how soccer and FIFA is arguably the most corrupt uh you know sports body in the world and if they are uniting and saying no screw you Russia you can't do any of this which is the right move it's absolutely the right move and hopefully the IOC can ban Russia from some olympics not just for the the war but also you know their their doping issues and whatnot but this is rather remarkable that everyone is in same step in saying is in unison with what needs to be done against Russia and I feel for the Russian people who don't want war uh, who who are caught now in the middle of the you know the ruble getting uh, you know losing what 20 30 40 percent on the dollar the inflation that's gonna go up from the Russian bank so I mean there's there are people in Russia that don't want this who are getting arrested uh, for anti-war protests. And that sucks, but overall, this needed to be done and I am—I uh, applaud all of these uh, sport organizations and clubs and whatnot for making the tough but the right decision given what Russia has done um, here in the last week.
1: It's interesting that they, they're doing this because of what Russia's doing when, like, there's a lot of bad stuff out there and they don't Always well, we seem to care, and they let China. I mean, fuck China. Hosts the last three Olympics, and China's got their own issues,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they don't seem to care about that, obviously. And certain Middle East countries that are not very nice to its own people, right? So and they're allowed right to here. compete in soccer and whatever else they want, but this appeared to be a step too far for. The soccer and everything else. Well, we can't we can't compete against this country because they're invading another country. So yeah. It's like, yeah, maybe take that step with all this other stuff too. That are maybe quite as serious as this, but still pretty bad.
0: That would certainly be nice. Um, I mean, Alexander Ovechkin has been trying to. Uh, toe the toe the line you know you know stay kind of neutral in this because apparently he helped um kind of campaign for vladimir putin but back in like 2017 or something and apparently there's a picture on his instagram or their uh, social media stuff of him and putin so i'm a little i'm disappointed that alex ovechkin's doing that evgeny malkin of the pittsburgh penguins hasn't really said anything i haven't heard what kirill kaprizov From the Minnesota Wild has said, I I get they're in a very difficult position, but uh, there's just no excuse for this. You saw uh, one of the the, a tennis player uh, from Russia write, "No war, please," on a camera after winning a semifinal match in Dubai last week. So there, and there are a number of other Russian, you know, like movie stars, uh, singers, celebrities, entertainers who are. Saying no, like this can't happen. Uh, you, we, th- no war, please. Um, it's and that's what that's what's great to see. It's a few kind of holdouts that you're like, uh, what? Where are you at here? And that tennis player, by the way, was Andre Rublev, um, who wrote "No War, Please" on a TV camera uh, shortly after his semifinal win in Dubai.
1: Yeah, I saw that. That was cool for him to do that. I just wonder what that would be different if the other guy was in charge that we had a couple years ago Mm -hmm. with the U.S. And certainly this, he didn't help the cause by what he did the last couple years. (laughs) I think it was all setting up for this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, good to see everybody coming together and hopefully – Hopefully this this doesn't last too much longer.
0: Well, on Thursday night, that individual said that Putin was a genius and was saying that this appeared to be like maybe something like Americans on the ground are doing something. It's like come on, you can't just be buddy buddy with Putin. No, no one can. Judo has even take, like removed Putin's honorary title or whatever, whatever the hell he he was. It's just it's so bad. And now you know there's no fly zones and oligarchs are. Uh, Having their their funds frozen and it, it's it's great that their assets frozen. It's great to see again the, the whole world or most of the world anyway it, uh, stepping up and and doing what's right because this is the right move. This is the right call. There, there's no excuse for what Russia is doing. There's no reason to have this war. And what Ukraine is doing again is just utterly remarkable. The the fight and the resolve that they are showing and hopefully. They can hold out until uh, some peace talks can happen, and there should be nothing short of a ceasefire in Russia withdrawing their troops. And uh, that, that should be the end of Putin, but it won't be the end for Russia because the sanctions that they are facing are very significant, both here in the short term and the long term.
1: Yeah, we, you know, what's the future How does this end? What does he try to do when this doesn't work? What's the end of this... Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, Earth was on the right track for a while. It's been like the last uh, 10, 15 years, they've gone the other way again. So,
0: Vladimir uh, Zelensky so- is the president of Ukraine. He's a former comedian, yeah. and he has turned into a world-wide celebrity, a star, yeah. and really the face of freedom. Dare I say? I mean, it's 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 remarkable. And I can only imagine what will happen if. Russian forces got to him and and killed him. I mean, obviously he would turn into a martyr immediately, but the condemnation and the just the all out assault that I can only imagine would happen to Russia if that if Zelensky is killed.
1: I think he'll be okay. Charlie had a good point in this. He said, like, he doesn't think they'll have, you know, a big, huge bombing or a, you know, a nuclear bomb or anything to that extreme
2: Mm
1: -hmm. in Ukraine because they they want Ukraine. That's their, I guess, that's what they would like, but Mm though he doesn't see them, you know, outright destroying the country, and it's a pretty large country. So hopefully once Ukraine is out of this, and they can join the European Union and NATO and, and hold back and, you know, stop this from happening again.
0: That is a very good point by Charlie and I think that you know with Putin putting the the nuclear forces and stuff on high alert that might be more of a message towards the United States and the other uh, and the rest of the west these other European countries that maybe he would send these missiles towards them rather than Ukraine but who knows at this point it's, it's still a scary situation and hopefully uh, a resolution comes here soon but we'll Keep an eye on that again. It's just, from the sports side of it, it's great to see the uh-huh. world uh, uniting and saying, yeah, no, we we can't let these guys compete on anything because this is just not right. And you feel for the people of Ukraine that don't want the, or for Russia that that don't want the war, but this is a necessary step. No other way around it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah, all everybody talked about last week on the news. So.
0: Yep. And you, you mentioned uh, the Middle East and some countries doing some shady stuff over there and maybe why the IOC isn't a little harder on them. One of those countries being Saudi Arabia, they've had a lot of issues with uh, human rights in the past. And Phil Mickelson is finding that out the hard way. The golfer had some comments about that he could look past Saudi Arabia's uh, human rights issues in the past uh, because the Saudi Saudi Arabia wants to create this Saudi Golf League, and take some of these stars from the PGA tour, and Mickelson, uh, you know, mentioned it that yeah he could look past this, and he's mentioned before about oh maybe we can kind of leverage uh, the what the PGA is doing to um, to this you know to, to the Saudi Golf League if they're going to have way more money and prizes and whatnot, uh, and he received a lot of swift backlash, and rightfully so he's lost a lot of sponsors. Uh, and he gave them the green light if they want to do that. But a for someone who appeared to be such a, a, a relatively good guy, uh, someone that I think a lot of people could root for in the golf world, for him to say what he did, and then for this immediate fall from grace, losing all these sponsorships, he, he sponsors a tournament and they're parting uh, ways, at least suspending things temporarily. But... It's it's pretty remarkable, just given the star that Phil Mickelson is, and again, he's older, but um, it, this is a pretty big fall from grace, and he's taking uh, some time to to step away from the game of golf because uh, it it really isn't good. There's no other way around it.
1: Saudi Arabia is interesting. Because WWE, they've ran shows over there for the past, I don't know, three, four years or so. they ran two over there a year, like big, big money deals. Well, they will go over there and have a show and then come back. And Saudi Arabia has got some bad stuff going on, Mm -hmm. and they want to redo their image around this stuff and bring in things like American sports and say, Hey, it's not so bad over here Well, it's not very good. And that golf thing is just among them. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that WWE, WWE and entertainment company can go over there and they're getting something I don't know, maybe like 50 million a show if maybe a little bit more like it's, it's, yeah, it's, enough to go halfway across the country to, to do a show halfway across the world mm-hmm. do that and their sponsors don't care. And they take that, you know, they take a hundred million dollars a year gladly. I mean, all you know, Phil Mickelson gets all this backlash for just kind of talking about it or kind of trying to get support for it. And then he's, he's just done. So, I don't know because what he was involved in what was an insider trading or something a few years back, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, that's not good either. So, yeah,
0: and that was largely overlooked. Everyone's like, "Okay, like big deal." Yeah. it's just funny
1: what things people care about, what people, what things people don't care about, and what makes the headlines, and what is ultimately a thing that that hurts people. It's very. Very odd.
0: Apparently, apparently author Alan Shipnuck, who is uh, uh, doing an up, uh, releasing his uh, an upcoming unauthorized biography of Mickelson, uh, he released an excerpt last week, and that's where all of this kind of came to light, because in it, in that excerpt that was released, Mickelson described the Saudis as "quote scary," but said he was going to look past their controversial history of human rights violations. To gain leverage with the PGA Tour. Again, that that drew widespread criticism. He's lost uh Light, KPMG, uh American Express uh is not doing anything with him or his uh the Mickelson Foundation anymore. Um or the the, the desert uh the PGA Tour that Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's bad. It's just very, very Bad what he said. And again, for someone who... For the the veteran that he is on the PGA Tour, for him to not realize the backlash that would come across with that is stupefying to me. And he is doing everything right and saying, you know, Hey, my sponsors, they can suspend, you know, their, their partnerships with me for now or forever. He's doing everything, but it's only because everyone is gotten upset. And it just, you know, I always think back to what Herm Edwards said, like don't press send when it comes to like Twitter or anything or an email or whatnot, Mickelson should have known that this wasn't going to look good and that there were going to be a lot of people that were upset by it. And obviously this doesn't make his stay on the PGA Tour look any better. But um, yeah, just a a demise and a fall from grace and glory in in a ball of fury.
1: Greg Norman's got some other tour he's trying to get going to. And I don't see that going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you got the PJ Tour, and their biggest tournament is the Masters. And that tournament's got a lot of racist, bad stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and it's gotten better in the last 20, 30 years, but still not anything I would call good. Right. So, yeah, it's Saudi Arabia stuff's not good, but just the history of the Masters, your biggest event by far. And I just think of that and how they just accept it there because it's the masters.
0: It's kinda of like why are you picking and choosing what stuff to be offended by? Mm-hmm. Kinda of like with what the IOC and FIFA and UEFA are doing here with Russia and Ukraine. Like why is this the the final straw? What where are some of these other like you know, Saudi Arabia or some of these other events and human rights issues and whatnot going around the world? Like, why is this the one thing that you immediately can't go? Or maybe you'll you'll start looking at some of these other things and saying, "Yeah, we can't we can't have these teams compete, or we can't do this here."
1: It's all about money. Like, they're not going to do anything with the Masters because there's a lot of money involved. They're mm-hmm. with them and CBS and everybody else, that's their big their big kickoff, really to the to the golf season. The golf season never ends,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that's, I mean, people really pay attention to it earlier in April once once the basketball's done, that's that's time for golf's big start to their year. So it's it's all about money. If you have enough money, you can you can do just about anything.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, I guess again before we get to the Summit League tournament preview, uh, baseball still in a lockout that doesn't seem to be uh very good, and so we're going to be losing opening day and and several other games here. Uh, as talks continue, a little progress is being made, but they still seem, uh, uh, wide ways apart.
1: I think Jeff Passon of ESPN had a good article today about it. Everybody does it like the owners in these deals. And this is the same thing in this situation. And he, he made the point of, you know, if you take the 1200 or so major league baseball players, that are on rosters and get rid of them and replace them with the next 1,200 Major League Baseball players, like the product would suffer, it would be terrible, it wouldn't be any good. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If you take the 30 Major League Baseball owners, get rid of them and replace them, there wouldn't be any difference. In fact, it might even be better. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So when you look at it from that point, I um, also also put it that when it, when it comes to these union disputes, the usually union workers make a product. You know, they're, they're Ford, they're some auto company making a product of some sorts, mm-hmm. um, or, or it was it was John Deere who had there was a big protest or. Union strike a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. They usually make they make something. They make a product.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's teachers unions too, though. The teachers union,
1: yeah. Um, so I guess it would be similar to the teachers union where they're not making anything. Like the actual people are the products. The baseball players are the products. Mm-hmm. They would want to see. So. Yeah, get get something done here. I mean. Usually, you know, both sides back down a little bit. So I'm sure both sides won't get exactly what they want. But the players are serious, you know. I could see this going. I could, I could see them losing a month worth of games. That's about it. So I don't know if you want to be uh, be real serious about it and stand your ground and get what you want. Because mm-hmm. hopefully, this will be a five year plus deal. Well,
0: I know John Hyman or Heyman from uh, MLB Network said that he had talked to a source that said that there's, there's hope for a deal being done. And then Zach Britton, the pitcher, said, uh, no, that's not really not really going to happen. And then uh, Hyman, t- or uh, Heyman, however you pronounce his last name, he took hey. some backlash on it. And he's like, oh, I was just saying that. They think that there's a little hope. We're not saying it's a great chance, but there's hope. Well, of course there's always a hope and a chance that a deal will get done, but you can't just you can't put this out there unless there's some serious concrete evidence there. And Britain being a part of the negotiations, he seems to have that, I would say, that inside information that, yeah, nothing is very close to being done here. And if the players are as serious as they are, based on Britain's comments, it doesn't sound like you know they're. It, it sounds like the gap is still very wide, and that the players are are kind are, are sticking together still.
1: I'd say we're, I don't know, maybe a month away from something getting done, or at least two weeks away. Yes, I don't, I don't think we're we're close. Probably we're getting closer, but like I, two weeks from now. Is something going to happen? All right, we're coming to an agreement. Maybe. Yeah, I think this thing could go for another month.
0: How dare they overshadow the NCAA tournament if they choose to get a deal done? Then, um, how bad does this look for Rob Manfred? I mean, it's got. If it, this is a very bad, bad look, but in your opinion, just how bad is it for him? Yeah, it's not very good at all. Just uh,
1: not not to do anything for months when you knew this was likely going to happen. Like, nobody met for months. Just December, January, nothing. They didn't talk. Nothing happened. You know, just like, like, how this gets to this point where you lose games, it's like, you had a long time to figure this out. And they didn't. And we don't know how much one of these teams make. The, the Braves had something come out to their ownership or whoever the hell owns the Braves. And they brought in, like, it was a lot of money. It was something like they in, in not in profit but in revenue. They brought in like four or five hundred million dollars last wow. year.
2: Wow.
1: So, you know, you cracked a hundred million or so for the payroll and everything else. Like you make a lot of money owning a baseball team. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we're arguing over a few million dollars for the lesser known players, getting younger players more money, getting oh you know, your your minimum salaried players getting them more money. We're arguing over tens of thousands of dollars from the from that aspect. We're arguing over maybe tens of millions of dollars in other areas. Didn't Meanwhile, say, the boys are making five hundred million dollars. Well, yeah, and come
0: didn't come. I see like base? I, I think I saw something on Twitter that said that baseball is like a ten billion dollar industry, and yes. they the the offer by the owners was to increase some like CBE or something like that by a million dollars a year. Like what?
1: what, Look, what I, I mean, I just can't wrap my head around being that rich and thinking I need more. There's got to get to a point where. You you don't you, you don't need any more and it'd be it'd be great to get to a point where you had, you know, billions and billions of dollars. Uh-huh. Like what what would you and I do with that money?
0: I, I don't you, know. You've got,
2: you've
1: got Jeff Bezos' ex wife from Amazon. hmm She's they got divorced a couple years ago. Yep. She got a lot of money. Yes, she did. She's given away like eight billion in two years. Just giving it away to charities and other organizations. $8 billion mm-hmm. she has given away in two years. And I, I like that she's doing that. But when, you're, but, but when you're these owners and, you know, you just think about the Twins and how like their payroll's been over $100 million, so, you so know, they're, they're not as cheap as they used to be. But you think like, like the Marlins and, and Tampa Bay and Oakland, those mm-hmm. franchises that are notoriously cheap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: it's like, what's an extra $50 million to that owner, to those owners? Right. Well, and you- Signing players in Oakland and Tampa Bay are usually really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, maybe if we added a couple pieces, we, we'd win a World Series. And every th- now and then, instead of just being in the mix.
0: And don't you think if they built new stadiums, that that would also increase the revenue and that would make well, them richer? Because they play in dumps.
1: They do, but then the Marlins built one and still nobody shows True. up. True. And, and the Marlins aren't spending any more money than they ever have. True. They make this thing, of, oh, we're going to get a new, a new, uh, new uh, building, we're going to get a new stadium, and now we're really going to be competitive. But they don't. They pocket all that money. The, the Twins the Twins got, got a new stadium, and they have increased payroll, so that's good to see. Yeah. Um, but just, I mean, just the fact that some of these teams just don't don't spend money when they've got so so much money, well, and they they the the rich want to keep getting richer. It's like mm-hmm. I I I probably would have a different idea of of how to do that wherever in that spot.
0: Well, we've we've seen countless examples here lately about you know the the oh the inflation's going up and stuff. Yet that like. They give their CEO a twenty million dollar bonus and raise prices, you know, five percent or whatever, like a, a dollar per burrito or something like that, because they need to combat inflation. Well, you're just you're giving away all this money to your to your head, uh, you know, you know to the top of your you know off you know the, the offices and whatnot, the CEOs and the owners and whatnot, the presidents. Uh, I mean, and if you're a baseball owner, why wouldn't you? even say you know what we'll give a little here because in the greater scheme of things we're going to make more money you're going to you're losing money by by there being no games and you're losing fans which will again decrease revenue i you know there's uh, television rights and stuff that goes down as, as the more that you don't have any games and you're going to have to pay more for you know less package so take the little lump right now or take the bump to make more money later on.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's gotten this far along. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't see it ending anytime soon. No, it's it like uh, you know you got a big project due at the end of the week and you haven't even started on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you spend all your time working on this project to get done when you could have done this weeks and weeks ago. And, you know, now they're meeting, you know, two, three times a day. Well, you should have done that fucking in
0: December. Absolutely. And Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, he gets a lot of slack and stuff for, you know, some of the responses or lack thereof that the NFL does. But he's essentially the spokesperson for 32 NFL owners. And NFL owners are very, very rich. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of power over the sport. And, you know, Goodell makes a lot of money because the owners see him being that punching bag From the 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 media and the public, with regards to some of the things that the NFL does that they shouldn't be doing, is Rob Manfred almost worse than that? Yes, he still has to answer to thirty billionaire owners, but it feels like that he's become more of a villain here than Goodell ever was or has been. Is that a fair assessment? Um,
1: commissioners you know, like the nba usually has a good commissioner
2: mm-hmm.
1: but when it comes to these sort of things that yeah, they're going to side with the owners and some of the things just seem ridiculous it's like come on let's let's give a little bit here let's act like you can't like you can't some of the things they're asking for just isn't going to happen
0: right and maybe you people to, hate.
1: You have to negotiate, and you have to. Uh, I mean, it's it's yeah, because some of their proposals are just so far off base; they're just so far off.
0: And maybe people hate Rob Manfred more because of what he's trying to do to the game of baseball with the rules and stuff, and maybe not so much this, like the this collective bargaining agreement and this lockout. But this certainly isn't helping any of that; those other measures, and he he just looks like a damn fool.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look very good. When, uh, whenever there's a lockout or a strike Whenever that happens uh, The management is usually the bad guy thats Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. that, is, that it is So we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on baseball And see if they can get a deal done Let's get to some uh, some better news Some lighter news It is the Summit League tournament This weekend It, it tips off in Sioux Falls It's March 5th through the 8th Saturday through Tuesday uh, We always love this event uh last year of course it was different because there were no fans allowed apart from you know a few you know parents and and whatnot for each team it was played at the pentagon so the atmosphere just wasn't really there this year it's back in full force it should be fun and we have possibly the greatest summit league team we've ever seen in south dakota state on the men's side 18 and 0 in conference play never been done before they are thirty and four on the season. They are the one seed. There's a lot of excitement, but a lot of pressure because it really doesn't matter what the um, what the men did it even before the season. It didn't matter what they did in the regular season. All all that matters is what is done in the postseason. So as we tip off this Summit League tournament, they take on number eight, Omaha. That's a little scary considering the SDSU women lost it to an eight-seeded Omaha team last year. But this feels far different. And I I just think that with what SDSU has done throughout this entire season, this feels like a different team. But we always know that they couldn't press a little bit in the Summit League tournament. What do you think of this team's... Um, you know, how they've played this season, and, and what, what are your expectations in the Summit League Tournament? What do you think we'll see from them? There's a couple of games they
1: probably should have lost. Like they had North Dakota State. They had their last second shot. I was driving home Tuesday night Listen, That was a Tuesday?
0: Thursday they played Oral Roberts. <laughs> they listened
1: to that game, and that was crazy. That was a game they probably should have lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, they come back 106, 102, yep. overtime, they're down 13 points. Second half, they come back to win it. Uh, Luke Apple, a guy that nobody talks about, has 41 points, comes out of nowhere. It's like, what the fuck was that? Yep. Um, so that's interesting. I, I mean, I think Oral Roberts is the only team that's got a shot other than STSU. I don't see anybody else doing anything. So, I mean, they, they should win this. Fairly convincingly, when they beat Kansas City by what eleven points the other night? Yep. And may I say, what a trash and shit <laughs> gymnasium Kansas City fucking place. Yes, I'm sure you've seen highlights. It's it's dark yeah. as fuck. Yep. There's a big like video board and on, on the one wall. A lot, a lot of it reminds me a lot of the Sioux Falls high schools have a pretty similar looking video board in it very in the same spot. And it's huge, and it's dark as shit in there. It looks like what I imagine. I'm sure it's an old arena. What basketball played at, like in 1950,
0: was. It's like Hinkle Field House, except trashier.
1: Except, bad somebody, who <laughs> or Marcus went there. Felt like a couple of years ago. What the hell did these games are played at? Took some pictures. And it was it was terrible. I mean, I, I hate Kansas City because it's just a trash program. But you know, if you got them in USD in the first round, you know it will be a good little test on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. But you know, if Oral Roberts can get there, that'll be that'll be a big time game.
0: So. It, it will. I, I think the fortunate thing for SDSU, if you're looking at the bracket. And by the way, at least Kansas City's uh, telecast of the game. Or the, their streaming was looked far better than Oral Roberts. That was pathetic. That looked like pixelated. It was just it was fuzzy. It was bad. It's a bad look. Oral Roberts get better with uh, with uh, you know showing you know video of the game and stuff. That that was bad. Um, as we look at this bracket here, at least from SDSU's standpoint, yes, you you'll have to go against NDsu and SD and USD potentially in route to the Summit League Championship. But you don't have to face both North Dakota State and Oral Roberts. North Dakota State, the two-seed. Oral Roberts, the three-seed. So if they can both dispatch, North Dakota State plays Denver, the seven-seed. That's Saturday night at 8.30. Uh, the, then Oral Roberts plays Western Illinois Sunday night at 8.30. That's the 3-6 matchup. And then they're going to have to meet in the semifinals. So SDSU isn't going to have to face both of those programs. I think Kansas City beats USD, and I think they beat them fairly convincingly. Kansas City seems to be a pretty good team, and I'd rather see Kansas City in the semifinals than USD, if I'm SD. I'd USD. rather
1: see
2: USD, because I know they're going to
0: win,
1: and Both I rather, folks. I'd prefer, I'd prefer to beat those folks, because that'd be nice. I know. I, I just, Kansas City's going to bring about eight people, and is going to bring a couple thousand, so to beat them... There, like they have before. They've never lost the USC in the tournament, have they?
0: Uh, no. But I think they've only played what twice.
1: Yeah, they beat them one year where it was expected. The one year when they upset them, that was high entertainment.
0: Yeah, that was uh oh no no who who was that that the shots in the the corner? Yeah, that was his name. Oh uh, uh,
1: yeah. They were? What, what were they like? A four or five seed that year. What were they? Yeah, they were not. Uh, good
2: Lord. Um...
1: Yeah, they were not good that year and then they knocked off that was only in the semifinals, but that was that was outstanding. Yep. That was that's one of the all time mm-hmm. that's one of the all time tournament games right there.
0: Yeah. So. Uh so Kansas City and North and South Dakota, that's the four five matchup that's on Sunday at six. Uh I mean, SDSU is the—they're playing Omaha at six o'clock on Saturday. That's the first game on the men's side. SDSU should win that easily. Their three-point shooting's been really good. Apparently, their defense was number one, like top ranked two. They—they edge North Dakota State in that regard. This team is playing really good. Now, I think they were probably a little tired after that Oral Roberts game and just having to come back. But I think if they weren't playing for an undefeated conference seat, uh season, they lose that game to Oral Roberts. They just say, okay, we're going to take the L. We're going to come back and and beat Kansas City. But they can beat you in so many different ways. As you mentioned, Luke Apple had 41 points. His previous high was like 20 points. He more than doubled it. He was just fantastic. Oral Roberts had no... No way to stop him. You know, Doug Wilson playing really well. Baylor Shireman, only guy in college basketball who's averaging at least 15.7 rebounds and four assists a game. He's playing outstanding. You get Charlie Easley making some threes. Alex Arians making some threes. Uh, Zeke Mayo. So, I mean, it almost seems like if Zeke is on his game, SDSU cannot be beat at all. And he's only a freshman. And he's going to be really, really good here over the the course of his Jackrabbit career. But Estes, you can beat you in so many different ways. The key is, I think, can they knock a few threes down early and not press? If they they can, it's fine. But they got to be able to rebound. They didn't rebound great against Oral Roberts. They have to be able to rebound, play some good defense. That's what's going to get them a win here in this tournament. I I almost think they would... I would rather see them beat or play Oral Roberts. I think in the championship game, but then again, yeah. after what Oral Roberts just did to them in Tulsa, maybe that's not them. Maybe you'd rather play North Dakota State. I yes. don't know. It's it's. it's I would tough. not. I would not want to play Oral Roberts again. <laughs> just because they can get so hot with like Max A. Yeah, Asimus they, they, they can get hot. They got a
1: uh, Max A. He can. He can kill you. Yeah,
0: and so then maybe North Dakota State. Is the better option, or or let's let's face it, maybe we should take on Western Illinois. Let's see Western Illinois go through Oral Roberts and North Dakota State. If I recall correctly, or and I'll pull up Western Illinois' uh, schedule here. They split with North Dakota State. They beat them by 11 in overtime in Fargo, and they beat and they lost by two points in Macomb. And I want to say they split with Oral Roberts, but I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out here. Um, but they they seem like they have fallen on some hard times here as of late.
1: What I, what I just like is that they didn't lose to anybody because every yep. year I mean they lose they lost to Idaho, and that's a loss that just wasn't any good. Nope, you're right. And they lost to, and they lost to Washington, and also not, not a good loss. And there's just too many of those every year. And it happens. I mean all, all those, I mean, all those teams lost last week on Saturday. All those top six teams lost.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Teams that they probably shouldn't have lost. So it happens, but like, the men and the women went 35-1 and won this year in the conference. Yeah. And the one loss was fine. It was in the USD, and that's fine. You can lose to that. they, were, they,
3: were, they were.
0: And that was before uh, the Jackrabbit women really got going, Where before Maya Selen really started to play well. Paige Meyer and stuff. That, that was a a while so, back.
1: It's, I mean, it's, it's just good to see him beat these teams. Cause I think they are like old Roberts, you know, very good. What they did last year, North Dakota state's had some good teams, but SDSU is just, I would say significantly better than all of these teams over the past decade. Yep. They just are. If you're ranking the best players in the summer league over the last 10, 12 years, like Mike Dominate Walters are the top two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're the top two, and then you go after that. You got uh, Max A. Smith, you got O'Connor, you got the shithead from my, John Conchar, who, who's somehow in the NBA, which is mm-hmm. just fucking
0: ridiculous to me. I mean, North me. Dakota State has mm-hmm. had a number of good guys. I give you bad,
1: but it starts with SDSU. Yes. And even in their down years... It was like Greg Marshall, was that who, what's his name?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Greg yeah.
1: Marshall, you had the other guard who were like these transfers that came in and like, those were like the down years where we lost to NDSU in a close one next year they came back to beat them. Like, those were the down years and they're still, still there. Like, they've, mm-hmm. they've been the favorite in the conference for the past 10 years and even you know, in Some years they've been the favorite, they haven't won it. Some years they weren't the favorite, and they have. So, they have always been in the mix. And now this is a year, like the women did a few years ago, they made that Sweet 16. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, You had
1: Macy Miller, you had a great team, you won a couple games. That was good.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And maybe this year's a similar team, we'll see. For the men, it's time for them to do something. Mm -hmm. Now, if they go to the Sweet 16, that'd be great. You gotta win a game here. You gotta, I mean, it's... We talked about North Dakota State football, and it gets boring after a while.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Like, you know, it gets boring playing in the Summit League and playing all these teams and being the number one seed most of the time. Win a game against a big-time team here next month. Do that, and then uh, maybe folks won't fucking mistake you for a team 2,500
0: miles away. Well, okay, but to get to the NCAA tournament, more than likely, overwhelmingly likely, they have to win the Summit League tournament, and that has been a struggle for them here in recent years. You had the uh, the, the game against Oral Roberts last year. I think that's kind of a fluke. Oral Roberts they I mean, went to the Sweet 16, but... Uh, uh, I mean, they lost that game on a last-second bucket, but there's the, the 8-1 loss a few years ago against Western Illinois. There is um, just some of these other games, or these years, where they should be so dominant, and for whatever reason, SDSU struggles. And I'm just, I wonder, again, they, they know there's greater... Uh, Rewards. There's greater goals for this Jackrabbit team, and they have said that throughout the season. We know it. What matters most is the Summit League tournament and winning that. Does the fact, though, that now they are undefeated, they have an undefeated conference record, does that add any more pressure to this team headed into the Summit League tournament Saturday in Sioux Falls?
1: Yeah, maybe. I'm gonna say no because that's over. A... You know what happens now doesn't. They're eighteen and zero, and that's eighteen and zero when they're done. They're not. They can't be nineteen and zero. They can't be twenty and zero. Like that doesn't count towards your towards your record. So you know, twenty one and zero is what they would be if they win this thing. Mm-hmm. They they have finished it undefeated. Eighteen and zero again. It's a brand new season. Everybody's zero and zero. It doesn't matter. If you're eighteen and 0 or three and fifteen. You start. To, you start anew. The thing about it, I mean, there's been some bad losses. They've had some bad, bad losses against not very good teams. And there was the one year I think they won it all where they had those two games where I think they were down, what, 15 in both games late, and they came back to win it somehow. I think they won the whole thing. I mean, one of the second one was Royal Roberts. <clears throat> they were down big, came back. First one was against somebody. They were down big. and.
0: Well, just they were trailing were, against Western were, Illinois in their first ever Summit League Championship game, the, the year they made the tournament, the first time.
1: I think you and me were watching those two games that one year, and it's like, yeah, it's over. They're done. I saw how they come from behind. And Denver. These games.
0: Denver, because it was Joe Roggs missed oh, a, 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 a free throw, and we're like, I mean, he was a 92% free throw shooter or whatever.
1: So to struggle with those teams in those years, it's like, Come on, like you got this home field advantage, which is a huge advantage. To mm-hmm. not have to eke out wins against you know four seeds and seven seeds and eight seeds. I feel like they'll be fine. I feel like they'll win these games by by around double digits. So I think they will. I think they'll win it this year.
0: I hope so. But that's that's what gives me pause and gives me concern is that this team hasn't played well in the tournament. I mean, they are one and two under coach Henderson uh, who you know it's done a very very good job he was named uh, the coach of the week in an ESPN column here uh, which is great and, and deserving and there's there's starting to be a lot of accolades for this jackrabbit team uh, the ESPN mentioned that they could be a fringe bubble team that seems kind of absurd and I think if we look at that uh, that loss to Idaho as the the major culprit or the reason why you would hold them back, or even that loss to Washington. Think about that. If they win those two games and just have losses to Missouri State and Alabama, they're probably a uh they're probably an at large team, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah. Like Alabama's good, Missouri State is good. Like
0: this team hasn't beaten anybody
1: though.
0: Washington State Washington State, Nevada, they aren't bad. George Mason is... Uh,
1: they're not making... None of these teams are making the tournament. Is George Mason today. Are they going to make the
0: tournament? Uh, they would have to win the eight. None of these teams are making... Like, Nevada's not very good, I don't think. I mean, like, a good win. Like,
1: a win against a fucking team that matters.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you're getting a lot of press now because they go undefeated. They got the longest winning streak in the country. Along with Murray State, mm-hmm. Well, they haven't beaten anybody. Like they run through the summer league schedule. Oral Roberts is a nice win. Were they? They're uh, they're uh, are they a three seed?
0: Oral Roberts, yes, North Dakota yeah. State a two seed.
1: Like they're not even a top two seed. So they're a good team. They can obviously uh, do, do something. But they run through the schedule, and they haven't beaten anybody though. So, I mean, once we get. To the tournament, if they play a Texas or a Big Ten team or whoever, that's a huge step up in competition. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that's always been the problem when you're in a league like the Summit League, like like the women, always have this crazy, tough non-conference, and they really didn't beat anybody this year because they didn't have Maya selling for most of it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So they didn't have that one or multiple good wins like they usually do.
0: Right. But, yeah,
1: I mean, the men lost a couple games still. They only lost four, but they lost a couple in that Alabama game. They were in that one for a long time, and I probably feel like that one got away from them. So, that's all about what do you do in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So, there's nothing to be gained from winning the Summit League again because you're expected to, you're supposed to. And if you don't, it'll be probably the biggest disappointment yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, for some housekeeping here, in Nevada six and ten in conference play this year. They were twelve and fifteen. They are the f- fourth worst team in the Mountain West. George Mason seven and seven in the A ten. That puts them right in the middle of the pack. They were fourteen and thirteen. So, I mean, not great teams, but not. I would. It's certainly not the, the bottom of the barrel. Not the San Jose States or La of the world. Uh, so there is that. Idaho has been playing a little better, and I think right now, Idaho the, the loss to Idaho does not qualify as a quad four loss. I think it qualifies as a quad three, which is good. Uh, they are zero and two in quad one, and they're I think two and one. I think I saw in in quad two, so or two and two. So there's there's two. I think it's two and one, and then they're thirteen and one in quad three. So I there's. I, I I don't think they're going to get an at large, but what if they lose on a last second bucket in the championship game? I think that that bears watching, and we'll just see. We'll see what the pressure. Yeah, like,
1: their net rating is what
0: near 70, 65 to seventy. Yeah, I saw this earlier. Uh, let me let me. It, it was like seventy, but the. the yeah, the, that's, not, that's not nearly good enough. Their non their non strength of their their strength of schedule. Was 194. I think their, their non strength of schedule was 109. Their net rating is 70, 64. but their RPI is 37.
1: Like the STSU women, they're 34 mm-hmm. in that rating, and I'm not so sure they're going to get in if they don't win. It's
2: mm-hmm.
1: so like I would guess they probably won't get in because they just don't have any quality wins. Right. So, USD is in SDSU is going to be there. I feel like they got to win.
0: Well, let's let's talk about the women's tournament. Then we do have the. Uh, the, the it's going to be SDSU and USD. There's no other way. Okay, I, I guess just to, before we get to the women's tournament to wrap it up, you're picking SDSU to win the Summit League, and they are going to take on. Who are they going to take on? North Dakota State or Oral Roberts? They we'll take on Oral Roberts. Take on Oral Roberts, okay. Uh, on the women's side here, I, I I'm gonna take SDSU and I will take them against. I think I'll take them against North Dakota State, and I hope like heck I'm uh, wrong. I so I wish that Western Illinois would somehow get there. Like just please, please get there. That would be awesome. Um, I
1: would like to see USD Kansas City. I
0: uh, I'm not going, but I would love to be a game. I'd be like, oh yeah.
1: I'd be interested in
2: seeing that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Dakota State, Oral Roberts, and then Oral Roberts SDSU championship game would be
0: the three games I would like to see the most. Yep. For sure. On the women's side here, South Dakota State leading uh, – we don't know who it's going to be, SDSU or USD, because USD has to play Western Illinois. As uh, it, it, It'll be USD more than likely. They'll be the one seed. Uh but um,
1: yeah I think, uh, I think it will be
0: SDSU the one seat. really, they they'll get it. Is it based on net rating, is that that's the tiebreaker?
1: I believe yeah. And then SDSU's at 34, USDs at 36. I don't see how being Western Illinois changes that at all. Okay so I, I mean I would have to think SDSU is your one seat.
0: Okay, well, if that, if that's the case. Like I said, what, uh, because of some COVID issues, Western Illinois and USD are playing Monday night. We're recording our portion of this podcast here on a Monday afternoon, so we don't know, or Monday early evening, so we don't know for sure what's going on. But as we look at it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what seeds they are. It doesn't matter the rest of the field. It's SDSU and USD. Yes, SDSU had that tragic loss last year to Omaha. is just it's stunning. Like You just never knew what, what really happened. They played the absolutely worst game they possibly could. This is different, though. Paige Meyer, freshman from Albany, Minnesota, playing outstanding. Maya Selen is fantastic. SDSU is playing some really good basketball right now. Not that USD isn't, but if we're to compare the two teams, SDSU is playing far better basketball right now, and I think they are are going to win this Summit League tournament. I just think that they're playing the better basketball right now.
1: Yeah, they should. It'll be a tough game against USD. This appears to be the most balanced team they've ever had. Like, there's like, what, like five, six girls averaging anywhere between like eight to 12 points per game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, you know, you don't have that. Well, like, you, you would say Maya Seland is their best player. Yes. But you've got, you know, the freshmen, you've got Peyton Burkhart, Tyler mm-hmm. Irwin, you have, you know, six, seven, eight players that contribute.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just so deep
1: this team is every year. And we've gotten to the, to the point where this this can be a two-bid conference every once in a while. So, mm-hmm. if SDSU wins, they're going to get two teams in again. So, that'll be exciting. I saw IUPUI are probably going to win. Their conference, their horizon.
0: Yes, we all, we love Austin Parkinson. We really do. So,
1: yep. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> that was a big loss for the women because, I mean, to have another, I think there were 12 seed. IUPOI was in the latest projections, to have a third team like that would have been great. And mm-hmm. um, Western Illinois, they've, they've had some good teams in the past. But some kind of that one thing, like, how, how long do you do this, you know? Mike mm-hmm. Gonzaga has been doing this for twenty five years now. And is SCSU gonna do this for another fifteen years? And may as well, because you're gonna make the make the tournament probably eight out of ten years staying in this conference. It'd be great to get to the Missouri Valley, but they're expanding with other teams that don't make any sense. So yep.
0: Murray State
1: yeah, USD, it'll be I would like to see that game as well.
0: Uh, USD, if we're just looking at the, the third best team in the Missouri Valley, it's Kansas City. Or not the Missouri Valley, I'm sorry. In the Summit League, it's Kansas City. Oral Roberts, North Dakota, uh, round out the top five. And then after that, North Dakota State, 7-11. Western Illinois, down year for them, 5-11 and in conference. Denver, 5-13. and We're not going to see Omaha. Uh, and, of course, St. Thomas is not eligible for the postseason. If we're looking at that though You know what
1: would be great, no going to be great. What? When those 9 and 10 seeds can come and play cuz we need that.
0: Yes, we do. Oh yeah. We need those we need those Omaha women here. Well, Brittany We Lang
1: need Lang those is Omaha in- women here to play and get their their heads beat in on a Friday night in front of fucking 500 people.
0: Well, we don't we need but Britney Lang's not there anymore. And that's a, no, that's a so we, don't, we don't need that. When I say we need that, we really don't. So. I know, I know that. Um, but just just looking at at USD and a potential, I would say semi-final matchup with Kansas City. And we never you never know what what can happen, but <laughs> USD beat them earlier in the season uh in Kansas City by 10. That was on December 22nd and then in February here just last week they beat him by 22 71 49 down in Vermilion I don't know if Kansas City can compete with with USD um but that they're like the, the only other team that's really got a legitimate shot or a legitimate chance I think at derailing us from a USD SDSU championship
1: it's quite amazing how high they're their top 35 net rate teams when their conference is so bad just so so bad and they play 15 16 games against really bad teams and they play maybe 8 or 12 games against you know the bottom 100 the bottom 50 in the in the in the country mm-hmm. and just that there, their net ratings are that high when over half their schedule is against teams that are just so so poor so, yeah, I mean, that's what the final, I mean, that's what it should be. And, you know, but for the conference, they should hope SDSU wins, because USD, uh, as long as USD gets to the final, they should be in, and they should be probably no more than a 10 seed.
0: hmm Have we ever S- seen... Probably a 12. Or a lot. Well, yeah, right now, I think Charlie Cream and his latest Bracketology has SDSU as an 11-seed, and they would be taking on the 6-seed Florida. That I think that's a easy, uh, not an easy win, but it's a game that SDSU can win because this is, I think, arguably a very dangerous 11-seed given that their struggles early in the season were because Maya Selen wasn't really herself at that point.
1: Um, like any, any, any team, a uh, 5-seed <coughs> or worse... I would say jackrabbit people look at that and say, yeah, we should win that game. Mm-hmm. We'll be disappointed if we don't beat a 5-seed or worse. If we lose to a 5-seed or a 6-seed or an 8-seed, I feel like what we, we should beat those teams because we're better than them."
0: Yes, absolutely. And then if they were to win that game, they would take on the 3-seed Oklahoma or 14-seed Southern Illinois. I'm going to guess it would be Oklahoma. Whereas you look at USD's road here, they are projected right now, and again, a lot will change here, but they're projected as a 9-seed, taking on 8-seeded Creighton, who they've already beaten once this year, 73-71. Then they would have to take on Stanford, the 1-seed. So good luck with that. I mean, if so if we're looking at this here, SDSU, if they win it, are they going to finish with a lower seed still than USD, even though their net's a little higher? It probably mm-hmm. I would, but I would hope that they are in that 11 seed range, that 11, 12. I would hope they're no, no, 10 at the worst. But I would much rather see them be in 11 or 12.
1: And USD's never won a game, have they?
0: Uh no, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, so win a game first then get back to me. So.
0: I just think that they would probably beat Southern. Uh, uh, they would beat Creighton if that were the the matchup. Right now, um, but you're right. This is a year
1: for USD women to actually win a game for once. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you've, been, you've been
1: really good for for a few years now. Win, win, win a, win a tournament game.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, do we? So we both have SDSU beating USD, or you got USD winning? Yeah. I got SDSU. Okay, so we're we're calling for an SDSU sweep. Men, it's it's up to you. You gotta get through here. We need to see you in March. There are a lot of uh, people, you're, you're gaining a lot of attention, but you need to finish the deal and get it done. But it should be a fun tournament as it normally always is in Sioux Falls. Uh, so that's the Summit League tournament there. Basketball as a whole, you, you brought it up earlier, that the top six teams lost in college basketball on Saturday. Never before has that happened. That all, like the top six teams all lost. It was a crazy day. Gonzaga loss at the to, to cap it all off, but you had Arizona losing a bad game to Colorado. You had Purdue losing <coughs> to Michigan State on the last second. Three Auburn choked uh, against Ten- I guess they didn't really choke, but they they certainly didn't play great <coughs> against uh, against Tennessee. It was just a wild, wild. Saturday of college basketball.
1: Yeah, it's, for the moment to lose on the same day. That's yeah, that's against not not great teams. Yeah, not surprising. I mean, it's kind of keep them where they were. I don't know what the AP poll said, but I wouldn't really move anybody down or up. Here's what. Based
0: on that. Here's the AP rankings, which, by the way, SDSU men are continuing to get. Uh, some votes in here. I think they are now up to uh 12. I thought it was 13. Here, let, let's get this pulled up here.
1: Gonzaga hopefully is number one.
0: Gonzaga is number one still. Um okay here, here it is. SDSU's uh getting 12 votes in uh and they they even got one vote in the coaches poll so that's that's good. But yeah 12 votes here in the AP That's only behind these four other squads. Boise State, 56 votes. Davidson, 20. And Colorado State, 19. So that's significant. They're ahead of other uh, schools like Notre Dame, LSU, Michigan State, San Diego State. So that is significant. Uh, The top, uh, uh, Gonzaga, forty. they remained in first. 46 first place votes. Arizona, number two. Baylor, number three. And because they beat Kansas, who was uh, the five seed and, or who was the fifth ranked team last week and then Duke is number four and they got 11 first place votes. It's interesting that they got seven more first place votes than Baylor and yet are a spot behind them in the poll. So there's clearly a uh, a wide variance or a very uh, different <coughs> Uh, perspectives on how good Duke is. Auburn 5, Kansas 6, Kentucky 7, Purdue 8. Purdue with the farthest drop out of the top uh, top 10 teams. UCLA and Illinois had the furthest drop in general. They both dropped five spots overall. But you look at those those top eight, top ten, nine teams. I mean, the Providence is number nine, and Providence had a wild game against uh uh, who the hell was it? Was it Xavier? Oh I mean, yeah, uh, overtime, yeah,
1: the overtime, couple overtime. the three or...
0: overtime game. It was just crazy. Uh, a lot of th- good things going on with Ed Cooley and our Providence squad here. We really love Ed Cooley. That was quite the game, and um, you yeah, know we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it was against Xavier, the triple overtime. Then they crush uh, Creighton on senior night. I, I would still like to take on Providence if SDSU gets in, but I don't think that they will because Providence is going to be a three, no worse than a four seed. And SDSU, maybe they're a 13 seed, no worse than that. Otherwise, you're kind of looking at a 12 seed if SDSU runs the table in the Summit League tournament.
1: I feel like Gonzaga, Arizona I have one seed wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And then it comes, do you, do you give the Big 12 two? You have Baylor and Kansas, and so do both of them get it. Um, if Duke or Auburn, if one of them win their conference tournaments, the I, would say if Kentucky, get
0: it. I would say if Kentucky wins the SEC, they get a one seed. If Auburn wins the SEC, they get a one seed. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got a lot of teams where it feels like the conference tournaments matter, I guess, as long as the, or the one seeds are concerned, however important that is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Purdue, I don't know if I will pick them to get to the Sweet 16 at this point.
0: Yeah, they've been disappointing. They're very bad defensively. Very bad.
1: Purdue, and uh, Murray State, it'll be interesting to see where, you no, know, if it's not SDSU, I mean, it's Murray State. And they may be an 8 or a 9, so I think Murray State's in, mm-hmm. um, and they'll, they'll win the OVC, but even if they don't, they'll be in. Yes, so they, I mean, they, uh, you know if they, I, I would like to see them matched up versus a one seed in that uh, second round. See what, and I think uh, a Kansas or an Auburn, I think they are right for the pickings for, for Murray State. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing that.
0: I wouldn't either. I'm looking at Murray State's schedule, though. We talk about, um, yeah, I guess they beat Memphis. Mem- that's a good win uh, against... Memphis, but you take a look at the rest of the schedule that they that murray state had they beat some school named cumberland they beat bellarmine uh they beat illinois state a future missouri valley foe they beat long beach state big whoops james madison no thank you campbellsville oh geez i mean who could ever forget the great campbellsville teams of division two or three or whatever the hell they are. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, not great. Tennessee Wesleyan, no, thank you. Chattanooga, uh, fine. Then uh, the Socon, yeah, and that actually Chattanooga. So that's a decent win. So you have two good wins against Memphis and Chattanooga. But even Memphis is playing for their tournament lives. Yes, it's better than SCSU, but it's not by much considering that the Missouri Valley, yes, Belmont's really good. Uh, Moorhead State's pretty good, but. Overall the Ohio Valley not a great conference.
1: They've got three of those bad I mean, what three bad teams on there. Three teams that most people have not heard of. Why? Well, I mean
0: why? What That's do you, bad. What do you mean? Like uh, three teams in the conference that are really bad? Oh like, no, like like
1: non-counters. It's uh, you've got Texas Tennessee Wesleyan. Yeah.
0: Yep. Campbellsville. Yep. Cumberland. Yeah. Like you can have one of those.
1: Don't have three of those. Mm-hmm. Like that's bad. that's really bad. So a lot of people like them. A lot of people will pick them to to do something. Um, you know, Memphis good win. Uh, Middle Tennessee State is a good win. Chattanooga is a good win. All of those are top fifty teams, and they beat Belmont twice, which is also a good win. So mm-hmm. they they got they got five. Quality wins, I would say. Middle Tennessee, Memphis, Chattanooga, Belmont twice. And if they can play Belmont again, that'd be great. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, their uh, strength of scheduling is around 200, 205. So, they, are, they they, are going to be the team. Well, SDSU and them will both have 21 game winning streaks heading into the tournament. So
0: At least SDSU only played two crap schools like Presentation and Minnesota Morris. How about
1: how about Murray State gets get, get an eight or a nine seed? SDSU gets a twelve or a thirteen. They both win. They
3: both meet in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh my gosh! Yes, they'll, they'll both
1: double. they'll both have twenty three game winning streaks at the time. Uh, Murray State or SDSU will go to the Elite Eight. Oh my! They will. Uh, they will undoubtedly lose to Loyola Chicago. <laughs> But it'll be, uh, you'll, you'll have the, the 12 seed Jackrabbits, the 9 seed the Murray State Racers. You'll have the 11 seed Loyola Chicago, and uh, you'll have the 2 seed. Uh,
0: I mean, Loyola might not even make it in to the tournament. They almost ha- they almost have to win the Missouri yeah. Valley. They gotta win because you know yeah. who is leading. Or who is the top seed in the Missouri Valley? No. You and I. Oh, my God. We We did it. We did, it. we did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs>
1: you and me, were the one seed. I don't know how I mean, we did I would it. I I would much rather see Loyola in there. But yeah. I don't... Uh, Northern Iowa, not a good start to the year. And they... Uh, they only came on uh, during the conference year. So, mm-hmm. and, and my St. Bonaventure squad, may I just say, fuck you. Fuck you, St. <laughs> Bonaventure. What, uh, they're not getting in. What a goddamn shit season they have.
0: Well, they have to win the conference tournament to get in, and that does not seem no. all that likely.
1: Um the bosses, yeah, Davidson or BCU should win that conference. So that's disappointing for St. Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. And some big hopes, and, um, yeah, man, they just lost too many conferences.
0: They did. They absolutely did. Uh, some of these conferences are, kick, are are tipping off this week, all the smaller conferences. The women's, the larger conferences, the Big Tens, the SECs, they're all tipping off this week. But on the men's side, we have the Northeast Conference. Bryant with a huge uh, Flurry uh, to come back and uh, to overtake Wagner for first in the NEC. They lost in the Northeast Conference championship game last year to the Mount Mount Saint Marys. I foresee Bryant against uh, um, uh, 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 against Wagner, and I think Bryant gets the win here. Uh, but, but let's. What are,
1: their, what are their first? You keep referencing Bryant and Wagner. What are their first names?
0: Well, it Bryant is the first name. It's Bryant Wagner. Oh, they're playing each
1: other. Okay. Yeah. The, Kobe Bryant versus Mo Wagner. Yes. We'll call. Yes.
0: But, uh, <laughs> um, so I'm going to take I'm going to take uh, Bryant to win this. I was on Bryant last year, so I, I hope they get the job done from Small Smithfield, uh, Rhode Island. So go go Bryant Bulldogs.
1: If I were if I were really bad and we were doing the radio show and I wanted to be an asshole, I would say what. And then and you said you were on Bryant last year. I would ask you how, how was it to be on Bryant? How did he feel about being oh on him? And then we we'd go to a commercial break.
0: We should. Sure. Oh God. Oh <laughs> really uh, okay. How about more on the uh, in the
1: in the, uh, the northeastern conference? You've got Bryant's Yes. That's right. Yes. Um. I'll take Wagner. I'll take Wagner <laughs> okay. to win that game.
0: Ohio <laughs> Valley. I have Murray State.
1: Uh. Yes. That would be. Yeah. Them in Belmont. Um. Them in Belmont. The title game.
0: Big South. Uh, this is a, a kind of a wide, varied uh, a conference here. Winthrop has dominated in recent years. We took them last year in the, uh, the NCAA tournament, and they shit the bed against Villanova. That wasn't very good. Reminder that we always have to take Villanova at least one game. Uh, Longwood yep. has been, uh, again, that's uh, Longwood with Bryant. Oh, my gosh. Let's get back on track here. Who do you got in the Big South? I'm taking Longwood. Give me Longwood.
1: <laughs> Longwood and Winthrop. Maybe uh, no Gardner-Webb. Yeah. Uh, yep. Don't discount the web. Yep. Uh, give me Longwood. They haven't been there before, and that'll be exciting to have Longwood on, on a big, fat bracket sheet.
0: <laughs> Missouri Valley. Uh, uh, Loyola, Chicago. Do you maybe take a flyer on Missouri State? I don't know what Loyola, Chicago's doing. Um, I'll, t- I'll take a chance on them, but, uh, again, There's a reason why we are the top seed in the Missouri Valley. So, uh, I mean, who who do you like in the Missouri? I
1: like Loyola Chicago. Most of these, I don't give a shit who wins. I want Logwood to win because their name. I want Loyola to Chicago to win because they've made runs in the past.
0: And you want to see Uh, Sister Jean again, don't you?
1: Sure. She's still alive, so that's good to see. Uh, Maybe keep her at home. She's very old. During uh, this during this part of the world. Um, give me a little of Chicago versus... Uh,
0: Mo State.
1: Mo, M- Murray State, or uh, Missouri State. Yes. I, I think Murray State gets, I think uh, Chicago, they got to beat Northern Iowa, and I think they will.
0: How about in the Sun Belt, uh, taking place in Pensacola, Florida, how about Texas State, the Bobcats from San Marcos, Texas? I'm taking yeah. Texas State narrowly over App State, who surprised last year and won. Give me the five-seed USA. USA! USA! And for those that don't know, that's Southern Alabama Jaguars.
1: Give me Southern Alabama
0: to pull off up the
1: upset and get there as a five-seed.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, by I think when the NCAA tournament... Uh, bracket is revealed. I don't know if we're gonna do uh, like a sports lounge show or whatnot, but I think uh, <laughs> I like for our that. bracket preview show, we should. If, I think you should quiz me on these uh, on these names, uh, these mascot names. <laughs> we'll, okay. We'll get well, them. I would like, well, we should do. We should do
1: a uh, maybe the night of the bracket announcement. Do a do a thing. Yes, and and, and as part of that, I would like to. Have, I think we've done this in the past, have a draft of, uh, we, we pick teams. So if it's be five of us, you, me, Charlie, John, Kirk, Marcus, be five of us, we pick, we draft teams of who we want. I think we did that in the past mm-hmm. and um, see who wins. So, you yeah, know, number one pick, probably going to be up to Vega or Duke or whoever. Yep. And go from there until all the teams are picked and you get, points based on how your teams do, so like that was my that. idea, I yep. would say, for uh, what, two Sundays? Yes, that.
0: I like that idea a lot. Uh, so you're taking USA, I'm taking Texas State. How about uh, in the Southern? Are we taking the mocks Are we taking Chattanooga? Southern Conference? In the SoCon, yep. The SoCon! Hard to say, second hard to say. <laughs> I'll take Chattanooga. How about the Atlantic Sun? Remember, this was the embarrassment of a conference last year that had Northern Alabama in the championship game, even though they weren't eligible. Hopefully, the Atlantic Sun has learned their lesson. Jacksonville State, uh, new to the mix. They used to be in the Ohio Valley. They're in the A-Sun for a year, and then I think they're bolting for uh, Conference USA, or maybe that's two years from now. However, I'd, as much as I'd like to see Jacksonville State, which is not located in Florida, that's Jacksonville University. Jacksonville State is located in Alabama. Because why the hell not confuse everyone with geography? Unfortunately, we are, I am going to take liberty, 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 liberty to win this. Probably from the SoCon. I'll take Furman. Ah, Furman. Yo, that, you're on my Paladin squad from two years ago.
1: Furman. Fucking Furman. Uh, I'll take him this year. Uh, the Ace Sun? Yes. Mm. I haven't been to many FCS um, stadiums. Jacksonville State was, is the nicest one I've been to outside of SDSU. All right. And, and outside, of obviously, the Titan Stadium. But Jacksonville State has a very nice football facility.
0: Oh, boy. Dude, I do not
1: like Liberty and what they stand
0: for. I don't either. Oh. Uh,
1: but between them and Jacksonville State, those are your two. I'll take Jacksonville State.
0: How about the CAA conference? Uh, we got uh, UNC Wilmington's been leading for large parts of the season. Uh, Towson is uh, close to being the one seed. They are, they're taking on Delaware. How about the Fighting Blue Hens of Delaware? I'd like to see oh. Delaware get in. I've never colored in Delaware on the map, Krenz. Let's color in Delaware. Delaware. I can't, I'm not going to go that route. I don't want to go Towson. Just give me the, the, the Seahawks of UNC Wilmington.
1: Well, this uh, uh Noah. What, Noah's four and a half? Yes. I feel like this would be a great geography opportunity for him. Uh, obviously, you and me know geography a lot because of sports. Mm-hmm. It would be a great opportunity for Noah. Does he, is he, does he like to color? Do, do kids color shit anymore?
0: They do, but he's not a big colorer, no. All right, so maybe he doesn't like the color. Maybe he can help you color in the map. Yes. Uh, CAA, uh, give me Wilmington. All right, and the Horizon League, we got.
2: Maggie. Uh, <laughing> oh, right state.
0: Uh, you got Cleveland State in there. Oakland. Uh, Greg Campy. Purdue Fort Wayne had that epic game against, uh, against Cleveland State a couple weeks back. Who are we going here in the horizon?
1: Cleveland State, I think, is going to win. I will be. I mean, uh, you got Wright State and Oakland. I think they played a week ago, or this weekend. Um, Oakland used to have a black floor. Now they've got a dark brown floor with a massive bear head in the middle. <laughs> Between them and Murray State with their bear heads, just very large. I mean, it is something about Oakland. <clears throat> Probably, they're usually pretty good. Now, they're, 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 they are play in a high school gym, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, how good those teams were 10, 15 years ago, and their gym is so goddamn small. Um, but, yeah, Wright State-Oakland, 4-5 matchup. Uh, purdue four wins had a nice year. Uh, give me Cleveland. Give
0: me Cleveland. All right, you know what I'm going with? I'm going with a big upset here. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Oakland. They're very good. I'm going with the Dons to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. Give me the PFWs. Uh PFW Go Dons I mean they had the best band year in and year out at the Summit League tournament. Uh so give give me the Purdue Fort Wayne Dons to win. And then uh let's just Wow, meanwhile, in this horizon league a lot of
1: X Summit League teams. Yes. Uh, IUPUI.
0: Holy shit! Yeah. They're bad. They're so bad.
1: They they used to be pretty good. They they were three and twenty
0: five. I think year. they were even like having tryouts for the team this year. That's how bad things got.
1: I don't know what has happened. They they beat Robert Morris.
0: That wasn't very um, nice to beat him up.
1: That was bad. They beat shut Bob Morris. There are two other wins. Um, they don't count, but they beat they beat Spalding.
0: Spaulding, get your foot off the boat.
1: Yes, they beat the the basketball company Spaulding sixty one uh, forty one, right before Thanksgiving. Then they beat something called East West University. <laughs> so they they beat they beat their two non counters. That's I don't know what happened to them. Have, that's unfortunate.
0: Have you ever watched Caddyshack? Yes. Okay, so that you know the the line yeah, Spaulding, get your foot off the boat. Okay, that's right. Yes. Yep. Uh, but boy, I, I a lot. Oof. Yeah. Not good. Not good. A West Coast Conference. We're taking the Zags, right? Have to.
1: Yeah. Um. San Francisco. I hope they get in. Me too. Have I have I ever seen them in? I
0: don't remember. No, they have not Once. been in in a long, long time.
1: When the hell's last time San Francisco's been in? And hopefully, I mean, as long as they lose to Gonzaga, that
0: shouldn't hurt them at all. I think they to. I think for them to be safe, they almost have to beat BYU. BYU though needs that. They they, BYU needs to beat San Francisco more than San Francisco needs to beat BYU. But I think for San Francisco to be comfortably in the bracket, they have to beat BYU. And BYU just has to beat San Francisco to have a chance to be in the bracket. So hopefully, what they get, maybe four teams in. Potentially, yeah. That uh, St. Mary's and Gonzaga are in for sure. San Francisco, right now, the last four in I it, or of that yep, or the last uh, four among the last four buys. It depends on who you're looking at. I think San Francisco is in. I think they should be in, but you never know what happens during conference tournament week, and the bubble can easily burst for some teams. But I think San Francisco's in. BYU is the other one. I'm going to say they get three in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I hope San Francisco gets in, maybe plays in that play game.
0: Yep. That would be great. And then uh, the Patriot League, uh, are we taking the Fighting Toothpaste and Colgate?
1: Um, yeah. I'd like to see Navy get in there, but uh, we'll take Colgate.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't mind seeing Navy in there or, or Army, but I yeah. I
1: don't, I don't remember. I've been probably in the late 90s, I don't remember Navy. Ever being in there.
0: Nope, I don't either. Uh, Holy Cross. I'd take Holy Cross in there as well. But, yeah, we'll, we'll take Colgate here for the win. And uh, you know what? We'll just talk about the rest. If we do a podcast next week, normally we don't. I don't know if I'm going to the Summit League Tournament. Are you going there at all? I know you had mentioned you likely weren't, and then... I don't. I don't think
1: so. And then with Saturday's weather, that's bad. Yep. Um, <coughs> Mitchell girls play Friday... In Sioux Falls, that'd be a great opportunity to stay there. But then the Mitchell boys play on Saturday night at 6 or 7. And then, I believe, Tuesday night, I've got something going on Tuesday night, maybe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, because you got, you got Saturday. I can't make it Saturday, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Sunday's the fuck-around day where... <laughs> You leave early during that second game and don't come back until halftime of the third game. Yep. Uh, and then you go out Sunday night. Where
0: Where would we go this year? Now that B Dubs is closed, well, like, why in the hell did they close B Dubs?
1: I don't know. It's probably a COVID thing where there wasn't anything going on at the arena. It's, I mean, it's a good location, I mean, great location for post game whatever's.
0: Did they put a new restaurant in there? I mean, I don't, I don't think oh, everyone I, wants to have to go to the Crooked Pint.
1: I haven't seen, seen over. I assume it's still up, I haven't seen any changes over there, I haven't been over there in a while, um, but like anytime where we were there, I guess it was, anytime I would go there, it seemed like it was pretty full,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was after games or just during a random day, it felt like it was, I don't know how you're losing money on that thing, but I guess they were, so I don't know where you would go. Yeah, the other Buffalo Wild Wings is not close. I don't know. Go somewhere. Yeah, it would be fun to do that. Take on, take Monday off and do that. But yeah, weather Saturday is not going to be very good.
2: That's
1: mm-hmm. so going to be an issue. Then Monday's exciting. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's probably not going to get there because uh, yeah, Tuesday. If for some reason I don't have anything going on Tuesday. That would be intriguing to go over there and, uh, maybe take Wednesday off because I could not do all of that on Tuesday. Get up early, go to Sioux Falls, watch those two games. I would have to sleep at my parents' house. Yep. we come back Wednesday uh, because that's too much.
0: Well, I have, I have not heard if I am needed at all for volunteering. Uh, so that's kind of the holdup here, but, I mean, Otherwise, then we'll have to plan on next year for sure and and whatnot. But this would be a – I mean, this potentially a really – Here's the thing, though, with SDSU. Is that everyone more than likely is going to come back unless some people hit the transfer portal like a Noah Friedel. But Doug Wilson is the only senior that's leaving. So as good as SDSU is this year, they could be just as good next year. Not saying, like, you don't want to wait because you never know what happens in this sport, especially with the transfer portal and everything. But SDSU has a very good chance to be the dominant team here for the next two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the next couple of years, they got to win a tournament game. They got to take that next step. So, yeah, the cupboard is very full. And that extra COVID year, that's going to help some teams. Mm -hmm. Like, if we get an extra year from from Doug Wilson, uh, that seems to have helped.
0: Baylor Shireman's technically classified as a sophomore.
1: I mean, Jesus Christ! You know, like he's been there forever, and he's got uh, what two years left. So.
0: Yeah, yep. And, and by the way, to the, some of these schools like, or to these some of these conferences like the Atlantic Sun and the Northeast Conference and the Patriot, like, how about you you pony up some money and just put your tournament in a damn one, like one damn location in a city, make it a fun event for everyone. Don't put it in some freaking high school gymnasium and at these campus sites.
1: Come on. I have to imagine they do that because nobody would go to them unless they're at a home home site.
0: But they like put it somewhere close. Like if you're the Patriot League, can't you put it in Philadelphia or I don't know, like new some Uh I mean, the MAC, the MAC doesn't uh they put it there's they used to be in Albany, I think, and now it's in Atlantic City. Um If you I don't in, think anybody would go to these games. I bet you get more people to go than than you would think. It, it doesn't have no, to be a I huge don't. arena. The Atlantic Sun, put it in, put it, just put it in Jacksonville, Florida, for crying out loud. Then you at least get the Dolphin fans to come out. Come on.
1: I, can, I mean, we've I mean, seen who travels to these summer league tournaments, and I mean North Dakota State. once they're in the championship, they don't bring anybody.
0: No, because they can't figure out where Sioux Falls is, apart from if they have to go through it to Frisco.
1: They go south and stop in about four hours. It's, you know, it's the the Division I athletics at that level. They just don't care. Like, SDSU is such an oddball in that, you know, I mean, that they they can get 7,500 people for a women's basketball game 2 o'clock on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. You can count on my one finger the number of teams that can pull that off.
0: UConn, maybe Tennessee, UConn, Tennessee. South Carolina. Denver, South Carolina's got a big following. Denver, maybe ten Baylor. Yep.
1: In and, fact, and, I mean, there are Stanford. There are very few teams. There are very few men teams that could draw seventy five hundred people on a Tuesday afternoon. And SDSU and USD women can do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's and it's something that you know both. South Dakota teams have been in this thing for a while, but it's still SDSU that overwhelmingly dominates the attendance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Tickets are available for everybody. Uh, USD women have maybe even been better than SDSU the past couple of years, but it is still seventy-three when they play.
0: Yep, easily, easily. But even if it, I mean it's.
1: Uh- be... This is the South Dakota State's tournament. It's been there since the first game that's been played in Sioux Falls.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I just don't imagine there's another conference out there where one school dominates the attendance and the crowd like this. And that's what makes that's what makes this, or what made it special, because you could get 10,000 people on a Monday night for mm-hmm. a semifinal.
0: Uh, the, only, the only other place I could think would maybe be UConn Women. And I think, you know, we we'll, Hopefully be able to take a look at like conference uh attendance. Uh conference tournament attendance after everything is said and done. But I think we've we've looked at that in the past and the Summit League was number two only behind the big e- or like at that time I guess the AAC because UConn was in it in terms of most attended. Um the men's tournament will be heavily attended as well, and I think right up there at least in the top ten, if not higher, right? I mean
1: yeah. It should be uh, among the among the, the mid majors, like it's one of the best. You know, Missouri Valley's really good. hmm But, you know, OVC's not, not bringing in anybody. And then just when you consider what level they're at and what level this conference is at, it's
0: even more unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt. And they even come not in tremendous numbers, but they do come for uh, some of these Games that even don't pitch a South Dakota school. So, I mean,
1: yeah, like, uh, I mean, we have yet to be a game where SDSU fans are at the most attended fans <laughs> in that crowd. Right. No matter the, I mean, they're even the, uh, even the championship games where North Dakota State men have been in, they probably had more people there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But other than that, I mean, yeah, teams just uh, don't go to these things.
0: Remember when like IUPUI in Western Illinois played on the women's side for the? Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was remarkable how few people were there, except for SDSU fans.
1: So. And they and they still showed up, even though their their team wasn't in it. So right. It's yeah, it's it's very unique, and I think last year it's gonna maybe reinvigorate the crowds or the people if they needed that without going to it last year and with both teams, really, and with the men's team, uh, I mean, they, they should get as good of crowds as they've ever had.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say so, and I think that will help the men. And hopefully they don't press. Hopefully they just continue to knock down threes like crazy, play good defense, and hopefully uh, we're looking at a Summit League championship. And we'll see if we do a, a podcast next week. Again, normally we don't do it on Summit League week, but uh, we'll we'll see if that happens this week, otherwise, then the next show for us is our the best show of the year. Our favorite show is the yes. uh, the bracket breakdown, and uh, we'll have a we'll have a bracket two weeks from today, Chris. That's awesome.
1: That'll be exciting. Uh, breaking on the bracket. Um, yeah, last year was good to have the tournament back. It was yeah. We had uh, Gonzaga UCLA was a great game. They had some great upsets in that first uh, week.
0: Well, yeah, Oral Roberts so, yeah. made it to the Sweet Sixteen as a fifteen seed.
1: Last year was a good turn. Last year's a – some years I don't, like, I don't remember. I don't even remember who won. Baylor. I remember Baylor beat uh, – Gonzaga. Gonzaga in the game that was not very good. Nope. Um, but most years, like, who won? Was Villanova won? Or who winner? Boy, yeah, that one team won. Mm-hmm. But it's all about that first weekend, and last year was a very good tournament.
0: It sure was. We look forward to to another great Summit League tournament, and we look forward to just conference tournament week and, uh, in the course of course, the NCAA tournament. Uh, anything else we need to get to before we say so long?
1: Uh, very busy with the basketball. Mm-hmm. I saw two future Jackrabbit women players. Nice.
0: Was that in the uh, uh, game you called last week, was it? But Park Yes. And... Yep, yep.
1: Uh, one of them, uh, I've seen her before, names Molly Abdouche from O'Gorman. Uh she was a freshman last year, came off the bench. And like, wow, she's really good. She's a freshman, she's really good. And just so happened she committed to STSU back in October. Nice. So <clears throat> yeah, she's only a sophomore. She's kinda long, skinny, uh, she's really good. She's only a sophomore. Pro Gorman. So uh and she uh Mitchell played him Friday and she went down with her knee. Uh she ended up being fine. Oh, phew. So there was like a fast break, and she got it under the basket on the left side, kind of jumped and lost the ball and went down and just didn't get up real quick. And it's one of those things where you think, oh, that's an ACL. She's going to be out for nine months. But it wasn't. I was very surprised she was back in the second half, and nothing looked wrong. So I was very fortunate. And if she would, I mean, she's only a sophomore, so she would have plenty of time. To, mm-hmm. to get back healthy, but that was a scary situation. So, uh, yeah, Molly Abdouche, or old Gorman, she's a sophomore. Uh, she's pretty good. Uh, I got to see a girl for the first time from Mount Burnham, Plankington. Mm-hmm. Uh She's also a sophomore. Her name is Emily Fox. Uh, she committed, I think, three days after Abdouche did in early October. And she's been playing since she was an eighth grader. She averaged about 20 points last year, averaging about 18, 19, 20 points this year. Uh, Emily Fox from Mount Vernon Plankington, first time I got to see her in person. And uh, they won, and they might make the state tournament if they win here uh, Thursday night. But she's another guard, and she's only a sophomore. She only had 13 points the other night and didn't play great. But you could see she's really good. She's a guard that can shoot like a son of a bitch. So, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, she she can handle the ball and shoot. So, Emily Fox and Molly Abdouche, two guards. Seems like a lot of these players, they've got, you know, like, six-foot, you know, Maya Selen types mm-hmm. or, that can, you know, inside-outside. These two appear to be guards that are very good. I mean, they're going to be very good. That's going to be, what, three years before we see them. Mm-hmm. But... Molly Abdush and Emily Fox, you could obviously see why STC would want them and and they got a couple of really really good ones. So
0: what was that score of that Mount Vernon Plankinton game? Yeah, it wasn't very high. It was what forty four twenty five.
1: Yikes. And it wasn't it's was probably closer than it seemed. Yeah, it was like six three first quarter. It was like eighteen to seven at halftime. Uh, Parkston just did not play very well, and it was at Parkston. So, um, I mean, they only gave up 44 points, but they just couldn't
0: score. Have there been a lot of upsets on either the girls' side or the boys' side that you've seen so far this...
1: No. Uh, The girls, Class A, Class B girls, are on their final 16. So they'll play those games at neutral sites on Thursday across the state, and the winners of that go to next week's state tournament. So... There'll be a couple upsets there, but I get to go to Parkston these next... I went to Parkston on Thursday, get to go to Parkston tomorrow, get to go to Parkston on Thursday, uh, which I'm fine with since it's 20 miles south, so Mm -hmm. that's about as close as you can get. Yep. So, got a boys game tomorrow, and I've got Corsica Stickney and Bridgewater Emery on Thursday, so I get to see Avery Broughton. Yes. I've seen her a couple times, but she's a is she now a junior. I think maybe a senior. Yeah, she's a junior. Oh yeah, yeah. She's been playing for the last five years. So get to see her again, at least one more time. So yeah. That's yeah, go. good uh, good basketball. SDSU guys should make it. STSU girls are they're a seed. they lost their best player, so you're stabing her, but now she's back, she had a back injury. She was gonna be out three months. She was out three weeks. Wow. So she's back and they said, Yeah, you're fine to play if you want to play, so they're gonna play and they've got a as a ten seed, I think they got a real shot to to make the state tournament. I don't think a 10 seed or worse has ever made it in the in the women's last I don't know, what four or five years they've been doing this new format. And
0: who what so, what school was this? Mitchell. Mitchell, okay. Well, there you so go. yeah.
1: Their their girls started one and six. They won eight in a row. Now they lost five in a
0: row. Well, they're, they're a young team, right? I mean, that's what you yep. kind yep. of said. So you go through some growing pains, but you can see the potential. Like, it looks like there's a bright future there.
1: It'd be really big if they could make the state tournament because they're 9-11. And and there was no no way I thought, anybody thought they were going to come close to a state tournament up here and not a champ. I mean, they were pretty good last year. They made it last year at 16-8. or whatever the hell they were at the end of the season. But this this would be one of the more amazing just to make of the state tournament. Because they lost, outside of their one returning freshman, they lost, I think, their top probably six or seven off the team last year. so mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, if, if they could win it, like I usually don't give a shit who wins or loses. Like I, I would like Mitchell to win it, but I would really like the girls to win it because that would be an amazing turnaround story for them yeah. I and mean, that'd be great for them I mean, they, they probably won't win a game in the state tournament but that would be an amazing and unbelievable uh yeah story and just uh, a very unlikely team to get to the state
0: tournament absolutely <laughs> well, hopefully they do that are you doing a podcast this week i know you wanted to get terry Vanderbeck on uh yeah i, I think so
1: I, I tweeted him and he said maybe he said what are we going to talk about and I said Pentagon stuff since they've been busy with basketball, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I just want to mainly I just want to get him on for old SDSU and summer league stuff. Yep, just to talk about that. So hopefully he says yes. I would imagine he would if not this week, next week. So hopefully I can I can get that done. Mm-hmm.
2: So
0: he would be my my one guest this week. All right, I hope. Good luck with that. Hopefully, you can. Hopefully, you have some time and can do that. And uh, safe travels to all the games and uh, don't lose your voice or anything like that. Yes. hopefully, there's some good basketball. And hopefully, uh Summit League tournament uh, comes up uh, looking good for the Jackrabbits.
1: It'd be nice to be there Tuesday. We'll see what happens. Yes. I doubt it. I give it about a 10% chance, but there's a chance.
0: Well, you can always say, so there's always a chance. So you're saying there's always a chance. chance. There's a chance. It's less than isolated. There's yes, it is. It's
1: All right. it's possible, but unlikely.
0: All right. Very good. Well, uh, you have a great rest of your week, and uh, enjoy the Summit League basketball however much you can watch, and uh, go big, go blue, go Jacks. All right. I'll uh, talk to you in a week or two. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, my friend. All right. Bye. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Lots of stuff there, lots of college basketball. And, of course, you know, we, we led off with talking about the, the situation in, uh, between Russia and Ukraine, and hopefully... Because um, sports doesn't always mean as much when there's stuff like that going on in the world. So, uh, continued thoughts and prayers for Ukraine, and hopefully they can fend off the Russian invasion. We are we, we just beginning here on our marathon podcast. We hope to get... Jeff Lloyd, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, to talk about the scouting combine. We should have Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Busy week for him covering uh, the Northern Sun uh, tournament there at the Pentagon. And with the Summit League tournament coming up, there's lots to get to. So we always appreciate his time. He's going to stop by for a few minutes to for more of an in-depth preview on the Summit League tournament. So that's all coming up here, still on the Sports Block podcast, available on podcast.com and on now uh, on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stackin, Travis Crinz on Twitter at Travis Kriens. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Plenty more to get to here. Combine hopefully more Summit League talk. We'll see what else we have in store here. That's all coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. Available on podcast.com and on iTunes. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and the Summit League tournament begins this week. And one of the busiest men in the business, uh, kind enough to spend a few minutes, Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Matt, it's I know it's been a busy week, so I very much appreciate the. The time here today, Uh, I know you just covered the NSIC tournament there at the Pentagon and with the Summit League tournament uh, coming up this Saturday. It's a great time of the year for sports, and uh, even though it's really busy for you, I'm sure.
3: Well, you kind of timed it perfect. When the, the NSIC tournament ends, then you've got, there's like a little, I was calling it earlier, the calm before the storm, there's a couple days here. Before the summer league starts, where I get a chance to kind of come up for air, catch my breath, and then get right back to it. So, taking it easy today and tomorrow, and then right back at it.
0: Very so. good. Any any takeaways from the NSIC tournament? I mean, I know Moorhead uh, uh, MSU or MSU Moorhead won the the men's side of stuff. Anything that uh, any big takeaways from the uh, the NSIC tournament?
3: Well, I think Augustana's probably still going to end up posting the regional, uh, but if they play anywhere as bad as they did in the NSIC tournament, that's going to be a short tournament. So that was kind of disappointing. You kind of think maybe you know the home team will play better in their home gym, but who knows? Maybe that'll give them a a little wake up call and they will play better. Assuming that regional tournament does end up being here in Sioux Falls.
0: Very good. Uh, So with the Summit League tournament starting up here. We'll start with the the men first cuz I think there's a lot of kind of intrigue with this course SDSU completed history this year by going undefeated in conference play 18 and 0 no team had ever done that in the Summit League tournament before. So let me just ask you this, does this bring about a little more pressure for this team? I mean, I know there's already a lot of pressure and expectations for them especially given how the last few Summit League tournaments have gone. But now that they're undefeated, looking to maybe capture this undefeated streak here this season through Summit League play, how much more pressure is added with this undefeated conference record, if any?
3: Um, there's a ton of pressure, but I think the way you could look at it is there would be, even if they had gone say, you know, 16 and two or 17 and one, as opposed to 18 and Oh, I mean, they're the best team in the league. They won the regular season title going away. And even if they hadn't, even if it had been close or if they had shared it with NDSU again or something, Jacks fans are tired of watching their team lose in in Sioux Falls. You Mm -hmm. know, this is supposed to sort of be their tournament. And we saw... You know, once sort of Scott Nagy and Nate Walters got this program going, there was sort of this idea that, oh, geez, you know, is going to win this thing almost every year, especially having it at home and, you know, moving into the Premier Center, and it hasn't played out that way. You know, we've seen from Mike Dom's senior year when they got upset by Western Illinois to the last couple of years, they haven't got it done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a couple of those were obviously the one to Western Illinois was a huge choke that never should have happened Last year is much more forgivable. You know, they lose on a tip-in against a team that ends up going to the Sweet 16. But it's just, you know, kind of at this point where Jags fans are are like, hey, we want to see this team get back to the NCAA tournament. And if they don't get it done again this year, after going 18-0, and I think it's just going to increase the questions of, like, what's going on with this program? Can they not handle that pressure? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they had a a Zoom press conference yesterday, and uh, Baylor Shireman and Eric Henderson were peppered with questions about the pressure, and you know they kind of said what you'd expect them to say. You know, like there's the pressure comes from outside; it's no more than the pressure we're putting on ourselves. Yada, yada, yada. I believe all that, uh, but I just think this team still has to prove that they can handle that. You know, I mean, yeah. we've watched the SDSC women over the years. There's pressure on them too, and for whatever reason, they seem to know how to embrace that, how to channel that. You know, how to how to use that to their advantage when they get in the Premier Center and have the fans behind them, they very much are like, hey, these fans are on our side. And for whatever reason, the men seem to have a lot of times wilted under that pressure or just not been able to perform at their best. So I think it's really important that they come out in the first game against, where are they playing? Omaha, yeah, and and take it to them, you know, start fast, win that game convincingly uh, to kind of get momentum on their side because no matter how much they say there's – they're not feeling pressure, or the outside pressure doesn't matter to them. I don't believe it. When you go 18-0, and 0, when you're 27-4, and, and it's been four years since your last NCAA tournament birth, there's a hell of a lot of pressure.
0: Absolutely. That 1-8 matchup, as we said, SDSU against Omaha, I think Jax fans may be feeling a little bit, maybe some uh, trepidations uh, after what happened last year with the women in that 1-8 matchup. Uh, but, I mean, you've been around this team, you've been covering them all year and, and for several years, and, and do you think... I, and I know I just asked you about the pressure, but do you get a sense that this is that there's a different feel around them this year than maybe in in previous years under uh, Coach Henderson and when they got to the Summit League tournament?
3: I do, just in that they know how good they are, you know. And and going eighteen and zero in regular season play, it wasn't just about you know doing something no one has done and, and making history and that kind of thing. I mean, it was sort of you know once they got to about ten, eleven and zero was when people started asking him about it, the winning streak, and can you run the table? And they made it very clear that that was never necessarily a goal. You know, like, hey, we want to go 18-0. and 0. But I think the closer they got to it, the more they were like, hey, let's do this. And I think, you know, obviously they had to go to overtime in Tulsa. But for the most part, they kind of roared through it, and I think that gives them a lot of confidence. I think they're going into this thing saying, yeah, there's pressure, but look how freaking good we are. You know, mm-hmm. like, we've, we've been facing challenges. We've been getting every team's best week in and week out. You know, this isn't a team that has a lot of weaknesses or that relies heavily on one player or that you say, gee, if you catch them on a bad night where they're doing this or that, maybe they're vulnerable. I mean, they are a machine. They are rolling. And I, you know, having said all that about the pressure, because it's definitely there. I think the one thing they can lean on is, is knowing this doesn't have to come down to luck or momentum or, 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 or the crowds or anything like that. We're the best team. And mm-hmm. so if we just go out and play good basketball, we should win. And I think as much as, you know, the the odds or, or you know, having to beat a team a third time, all those things we talk about that could potentially be in their way, mm-hmm. uh, they should win this tournament. They're the best team.
0: Yep. Uh, no doubt about it. And I, you know, after watching all this jackrabbit basketball over the years, this feels to me like the most balanced team that SDSU yeah. has had ever. I mean, you can, they get contributions from everyone. I mean, look at what happened last week in Tulsa. Luke Apple scoring forty one points, a, a career high, more than double what his, his previous career high was. So it's not like if they take away one player, like if you took away Dom, it would be more difficult for the Jackrabbits to win. Or even Nate Wolders if he was off, it was more difficult for the Jackrabbits to win. This time around, it just feels like they get contributions from so many guys that if one guy is having an off night, the others around him can step up their games.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the Jacks have had depth before, you know. Nate Walters wasn't doing it all by himself. There were mm-hmm. other good players around him. Uh, Mike Dom had, you know, Reed in, and Skyler Flatten and Tevin King, other good players around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't quite what they have right now, especially from just a scoring standpoint. You know, um, Tevin King was a great player, but he wasn't someone who was going to go off for thirty if you needed him to. Uh, you know, Brandon Key was a guy out there who you, you basically didn't have to guard it. You know, he wasn't a scoring threat. Uh, this team right now all five guys in the lineup are scoring threats. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the first couple guys you bring off the bench, they're all scoring threats. You just mentioned what Luke Apple did. I mean, that's crazy, coming off the bench to score 40. He's the only player in the conference to score 40 this year. And, you know, Alex Arians has only led the team in scoring, I think, twice this year, but he's shooting 55% on three-pointers. I mean, the biggest thing, I think, is that they're healthy and they have everyone. Um, You know, not having Doug Wilson two years ago, I mean, you say okay, he's just one player, but he's kind of their one guy that they, they play through. You know, mm-hmm. having a health, having a healthy Doug in this tournament, knock on wood, that he stays healthy. Yep. You know, it, it just makes it that much harder to get to all those shooters when you got such a dynamic player down there. So the thing that makes them, you know, slump proof or whatever you want to say it, is just one guy can have a bad night. You know, let's say on on Saturday, Baylor Shireman's two for twelve. Well, mm-hmm. you know, is Alex Darien going to go two for twelve too? And uh, you know Zeke Mayo, and, and all that. I mean, there's just there's so many guys that, you know, I, again, I, I hate to say that they're invincible or anything like that, but it's just it's really hard to say. Well, if we take this guy out of the game, you know, then that's how you beat him. I mean, they just there's just so many guys. When you think of a team that's shooting forty five percent from three point land as a team. That that's you know, that's unheard of, and that's yeah. going to make it real tough for someone to beat
0: them. Yeah, it's historic. They're the best three-point shooting team in the country, regardless of conference. So that's certainly something. I thought one of the, the keys for the season, or at least in the conference run, was when they really struggled to shoot the three ball against NDSU in Brookings, and yet they were still able to find a way to scratch and claw and win that game. Did I don't know. Do you think that gives them a little more confidence, too, that even if the three ball isn't going down, that they can still find ways to win and score?
3: Absolutely. I mean, we mentioned what Doug can do and what Luke Apple can do. Uh, you know, Matt Dentlinger barely even plays anymore, and he's been an all conference center in this league. You know, if there are games where, if there is a game where they're not shooting the three well, he can go in there and he can be a 15, 20 point scorer. Um, and then, you know, Baylor Shireman, we talked about what a great shooter he is. He's a guy who can score at the rim, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, we haven't even mentioned. It maybe doesn't show up as much in the stats because of that, what a fast pace the Jacks play at, but they're a pretty good defensive team, too. Yes. Um, you know, they give up a fair amount of points just because their games are so fast paced and there's a lot of possessions. But if you look at their per possession stats on defense, they're as good as anyone in the summit league. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you throw that in there, too. There have been games where they've definitely been like, all right, you know, the shots aren't going as well tonight. Let's buckle down on defense. And so, again, no one is suggesting they're invincible, especially because. There are other good teams in the Summit League this year, clearly, uh, but I think this team is, is much more equipped to handle anything that's thrown at them. You know, as great as Mike Dom or Nate Walters or some of those players were, those all those teams, you know, had some kryptonite. I, I don't know exactly what that would be on this team.
0: Who's the biggest threat to the Jackrabbits, maybe outside of themselves and the pressure uh, in the Summit League tournament? Is it the two-seed NDSU? Is it the three-seed Oral Roberts? Uh, fortunately, they'll only have to face one of them in the right. championship game. Uh, I mean, USD, if they face them in the semifinals, that can always add some pressure just because it's your in-state rival. But who do you think is the bigger um, threat to SDSU winning this championship? Is it NDSU or is it Oral Roberts?
3: I think it's NDSU. I mean, that... Uh, rivalry has become so good over the years. It obviously gets overshadowed by the football rivalry, and even in basketball, the USD rivalry. But Dave Richmond is such a good coach. Mm-hmm. And no matter what kind of personnel he has every year, he finds a way every year to get that team you know, in the top two or three seeds in the Summit League. And they always perform well in the Summit League tournament. They've won it just as many times as the Jacks have. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have a good team. You know, Rocky Cruz is a really good player. Sam Greasel is a really good player. And they have some really good complementary players, too. Mm -hmm. So I think they're the biggest threat. Uh, Both games were close this year. For the Jacks to have to beat them a third time, that's really hard to do. It's hard to beat anybody three times Mm -hmm. in one season, let alone a team that's really good, that that plays you tough. Um, I think Will Roberts will be the next biggest challenge. Obviously, they almost beat them in Tulsa. But I think they're, uh, you know... I, I just don't not to not to minimize the threat Oral Roberts is. I just think NDSU with Dave Richmond coaching them and then sort of their style of play, their familiarity with this environment. I think they're the biggest threat.
0: Well, it, it, For SDSU, they'll beat any team that they play in the Summit League tournament for a third time, which, again, can be difficult, but that's what you get when you're undefeated in conference play. Do you foresee any upsets here? We have the 1-8 matchup, SDSU against Omaha. UMKC, USD 4-5, that's, I guess, technically, if USD wins, that's an upset. NDSU against Denver, the 2-7, and then Oral Roberts against Western Illinois in the 3-6. I kind of feel like if there is an upset potential it is Western Illinois. They've played they split with the Bison. I believe they split with Oral Roberts. They've played them both difficult. Here, it seems like they've maybe fallen back a little bit, but do you see any real potential for upsets here in the, on the men's side?
3: I agree with you. That's the one that I I'm certainly not picking Western Illinois, and I know you're not either. That's yep. that's But I looked at it the same way. I was like, well, if there's going to be a first-round upset, that's probably it. Because Westerns, you know, they've gotten a lot better since Rob Jeter took over as coach. And I think they did a thing that you see a lot of teams do when they bring in a new coach, the first year is successful. They're better than everyone expects. And it's like, oh, hey, we got something brewing here. We're really going to build on it the next year. And then actually what happens is maybe you, you take a step back or you spin your wheels a little bit because maybe you weren't quite ready to you know make that jump you thought you were. I kind of feel like that's what Western is, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I think mm-hmm. Rob has done a really good job there, and I think they're going to continue to trend upwards. Uh, they went 7-11 and in the conference this year. I'm sure they're disappointed with that. But we've seen with the last couple of years since Jinger got in there, they're a much better team and they're a dangerous team. Uh, Trent Massner's a great player that transferred in from, I think, Northeastern or something like that. Um, they're good. They got some dudes, and uh, that's definitely a game. And Earl Roberts too. Not not to criticize them. They're a good team, obviously, but they don't have the depth and strength that they had last year. Um, they're mm-hmm. probably a little bit more vulnerable. You know, I don't know how well they play defense, and if they if they're not having a great shooting night you could take them down. And yeah. <laughs> knowing how popular Paul Mills is around the summit League, I don't yeah. think anyone would be too uh, disappointed if the Leathernecks knocked them out in the first round.
0: Yeah, especially not NDSU, though. Maybe they want another crack at him just for what took place. Oh, I'm sure they do. I,
3: everyone is, I, I'm certainly rooting for two things to happen in the first round for NDSU and Oral Roberts to both win so that they can have what would be an epic rematch in that uh, Monday semifinal. And then if USD beats UMKC, that's the other semifinal. I mean, mm-hmm. what an awesome Monday semifinal you'd have there on the men's side if you had the Jacks yotes rivalry game and then NDSU-Oral Roberts just two weeks after they had that big brouhaha in their last game so yeah. that would
0: be fun absolutely uh do you have a prediction here I, I think i'm going with the jacks against the bison here in the championship game i'll take sdsu i'm uh, i'm nervous i'm hesitant to take them just given their uh the, the previous history that we've seen over the last couple of years but they're, they're just the best and i think that they'll be able to emerge with the championship here
3: yeah, I mean, I just think they're the safe pick, but I, I'm, I'm with you. They, they're the best team, so you have to pick them. But having to beat all these teams a third time, knowing how they've struggled in that environment before, I'm definitely not um, betting my mortgage on them, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, on the women's side, I, SDSU is the one seed. USD is the two seed. We really don't need to get into anything else because it's those two and, <laughs> and then the rest. I mean, could umkc beat usd potentially they only lost to them by 10 in kansas city there back in december but it, it really comes down to usd and sdsu and i know it, it like it doesn't really matter one versus two but just the, the way the tiebreaker went with the rpi and stuff i was a little taken back by that i thought maybe they'd go common record or like you know uh record versus you know common opponents top 25 you know quad one whatever and they didn't do that. Maybe that's just specifically on the women's side and not the men. But I was still a little surprised that SDSU had the higher net and emerged with the one seed.
3: Well, um, yeah, I'm not sure. It, it did seem like. I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised SDSU was a little higher on the net because they had. A little bit tougher strength of schedule in the non-conference. They had a win over a ranked team. UCLA was ranked when they mm-hmm. beat them, so that's probably what edged them out. But yeah, I, I don't, it obviously doesn't mean anything as far as the summer league tournament is concerned. It's just what color jersey you're going to wear on Tuesday,
0: right? Or what, um, what band it, gets to play the national anthem?
3: Right, right, right. Um, it might, you know, it might end up having an, an impact on potential at-large consideration. I do think both teams are going to be in the discussion. Whoever doesn't win. Um, it's going to be a lot tougher. I mean, there have been last couple of years we kind of knew, okay, both of these teams have done enough that they're in no matter what. That's definitely not the case this year, but I think they both have a chance. And I think SDSU has a slightly better chance because uh, they played half the year without their best player. You mm-hmm. know, that's something that supposedly the committee would take into consideration, that their record would maybe be better in non conference if they had MySL. And then, like we mentioned, they do have a win over a ranked team or a team that was ranked. USD. Uh, played a, a, a decent non conference schedule again. They got absolutely obliterated by South Carolina. I know they're the number one team in the country, but still. And then they don't have that sort of signature win this year that they've typically had. They didn't really beat anyone great in non conference, so it'll be tough for them. Having said that, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, last year SCSU gets beat in the first round by Omaha. That didn't surprise me that much because Maya Sullen was so important to what they did, and she mm-hmm. was gone. Tori Nelson was banged up. And and they knew they were going to be in the tournament anyway, you know. So I think that maybe caused them to have a little bit of a lack of urgency too. This year they're not going to have Paige Meyer. She's probably their second best player right now. And for Jacks fans, that's got to be like Jesus. You know, when are we going to get through a summit league or get through a season without having a major injury to a key player? Uh, but I don't think that's going to be enough for one of the non for anyone other than USD to beat them. I think even without Paige, they will cruise into Tuesday. But. Now, not having Paige, especially she had a big impact in that game against the Coyotes when they beat him at Frost, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think USD is definitely a clear-cut favorite now. They probably would have been my pick anyway. Now you take Paige Meyer out of the equation, I think USD is going to win this thing.
0: Is Paige out for the entire season or just for the Summit League tournament?
3: I'm pretty sure she's out for the entire season. AJ is pretty coy about those sort of things. But for him to come out and say, yeah, she's not going to play in the Summit League tournament, rather than what he could have said, you know, oh, we'll see, day-to-day or something. I, I I interpret that as meaning she's done. I've heard she tore her ACL. I don't know if that's oh. true. It could be just a sprain or something. But I'd be very, very surprised that she played again this year. Oh, that,
0: that is a, such a tough blow because, yeah, she was a – a very good, an immediate impact. I mean, AJ gets a lot of of impact from his freshman and stuff on a yearly basis, but she was certainly playing at such a high level, and I I just think yes, and that I think throws a wrench into things here a little bit from SDSU side, as you kind of mentioned. But they're playing better basketball, I would say, right now, given their win streak. Oh, you know, because they they've won more games than USD has in a row because USD lost at Frost, and Maya mm-hmm. Selland has been playing so well, and she is such an important part to that team. It's it, it's going to be really tough without Paige, but I, Maya Selland is certainly the straw that stirs the drink for the Jackrabbits.
3: Yeah, not having her, obviously, last year essentially ruined their season. Yes. And I don't think losing Paige necessarily has the same impact, but it's a big impact, especially, you mentioned, not only is she playing at a high level, but was clearly as you would expect from a true freshman, getting better at the end of the year. I mean, you can tell she's really starting to figure things out and kind of come into her own. She's playing as well as she has. It's The timing couldn't be worse. And I also think, sort of to your point about SDSU being the team that's that's been the hottest down the stretch, certainly not that USD has been playing poorly. I mean, obviously the one game they lost was at Frost Arena.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But if you get into that Premier Center environment where it's Championship Tuesday, and the place is packed. And at best for USD, it's going to be what thirty percent USD fans yep. if they're lucky. I, think that's I mean, a great it's, split. It's, it's going to be a blue tins crowd. Like I said, SDSU knows how to use that to their advantage. And I don't care how good USD is or how much swagger they have and all that kind of stuff from how good they've been. That's going to get to them a little bit. They're going to. It's going to creep into their heads like, oh, jeez, it happening again. You know, the Jackrabbits in Sioux Falls. This is sort of our, you know, our bugaboo or whatever. I still think USD is going to win. Because I think they're the slightly better team anyway, and then you take Paige Meyer away, they're, they're, that definitely skews it in their favor. Uh, but I would never ever be surprised uh, or even really want to bet against SDSU's women playing in the Summer League tournament in the Premier Center. That is that is their uh, that is their happy place, sure and that's going to be tough for USD to win, no matter how good they are.
0: Yep. So you have USD over SDSU on the women's side. I will take. I'll just flip it. SDSU over USD, even though you know, the injury to Paige Meyer certainly is. Uh, gives me pause but I'll still go with that uh, with them to win and then final question for you here is you know we didn't have fans last year that was played at the Pentagon uh, because of COVID this year the fans come back is there do you get a sense around the city that there's a renewed energy and excitement for the Summit League tournament and how does that then translate over to the atmosphere for these games
3: it's kind of hard to tell. Um, I, you know, I definitely get the sense people are excited. People are talking about it. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> engagement on social media, and with the, the metrics that we track to sort of see what people are talking about, or interested in, or reading about. But you know. Through this whole pandemic, it's been very weird trying to predict how people are going to respond, uh, what kind of things people are going to return to, what kind of changes in people's lives have been permanent. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, I thought SDSU's football attendance would be terrible this fall. I thought people would be like, eh, I'm not ready to, you know, get back into the real world, or I've decided I'm done going out to big crowds because of COVID or whatever, and, and their attendance was outstanding, mm-hmm. um, you know, and... and so I, I definitely think there's a, a large segment of people that are thirsty to return to normalcy, so to speak. And you know the fact that SDSU's teams are a combined thirty-five and one, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think USD's teams are a combined like twenty-eight and eight or something. I mean the four local teams all had a very good year. Yes, that helps. So I don't think we're going to break attendance records because I think you know there's there's still a little bit of a uh, just sort of we're used to it. It's, it's not, it's, you know, the novelty has worn off a little bit to mm-hmm. some degree from when they first moved in the premier center, but I don't think we're going to be sitting there going, Oh geez, nobody's coming back. I, I think there's going to be big crowds.
0: Awesome. Well, we can only hope for a great tournament on both sides here and we'll see if SDSU can win at least one of them. And if there's gotta be one, it's gotta be at least the men. Cause I know they, I know ESPN had a, an article about them being maybe a potential bubble, Squad, but if there's one team that's going to get an at-large spot, it's the women uh, if they don't win the tournament. SDSU's men have to win the tournament.
3: I think so. It'd be very interesting to see how close, how much consideration they would get if they were to, you know, end up losing in the championship game and be like, what, that would be like 29-5 and or something. Yep. Get in, but i don't think it's I, I think they get a lot of consideration i think when you yep. do what they've done this year not just wins and losses but the way they've done it the statistics the they're an intriguing team they're the kind of team you want to see in the tournament mm-hmm. and that's a good sign for the summit league that, that i think we're inching closer to seeing something like that potentially being on the table at some point I think
0: if what, what will hold them back though if they wouldn't get an at-large would be that loss to idaho <laughs> I mean,
3: yeah, because if they won that game, they could potentially be a 30 win team without mm-hmm. winning the conference tournament. And, and obviously, that's just a bad loss. If they're sitting there at 30 and 3, and then all three of their losses would be quote unquote good losses, mm-hmm. I think they'd probably have a really good shot. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I agree. Well, it should be fun. Uh, enjoy the tournament. Enjoy these next couple of days of relaxing and then the busy time and stuff. But uh, have a great time at the Summit League Tournament. Appreciate the time, as always. And uh, uh, maybe we'll chat down the road about uh, about this tournament later. Sounds good, mate. See right. ya. Thank you very much, Matt. Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader, kind enough to spend some time with me here. It's, it's always great talking with him. Uh, you just – there's a lot of, I think, yeah, a lot of excitement, but especially on the men's side, I think Jack's fans are a little trepidatious about just given what's happened in that injury to Paige Myers. Uh, when I was talking with Travis here, I didn't didn't know that, and so that that's a huge blow for the women. But I still think that they can emerge victorious and beat. Uh, USD in the championship game. I'll take SDSU over NDSU on the men's side. I think maybe I'd rather play Oral Roberts. I don't know. I'd rather play Western Illinois. If I'm being fully honest, that's what I want. SDSU against Western Illinois in that championship game. But we'll take the men. Uh, just don't fail. Just don't fail. That, that's, that's the key. Um, we were going to talk with Jeff Lloyd, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast. But busy week for him, especially with the combine and stuff. So we'll talk to him next week. Regardless if we do a podcast or not next week, we'll we'll talk to him. We'll get that on a future podcast. So we will talk with Jeff about the the NFL uh, combine here and, and get his thoughts on some of these prospects later on. So that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast. Uh, follow Matt Zimmer on Twitter at Argus Matt Z. You can follow you know just buy the Argus Leader. There's so much good content, especially with the Summit League tournament. It's it's well worth well worth the money, you know, the digital copies, whatever. It's just, uh, so support local journalism. That's the that's the bottom line. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stack, and Travis, Travis, Travis Crins at Travis Crins uh, on Twitter. Facebook, Nathan Stack, and a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. It's available on podcast.com or back on iTunes.com. So that's great. Uh, so for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, have a great week. Continue thoughts and prayers with the people in Ukraine. I'm sure we'll have more on that in the upcoming week or two. If we don't do a podcast next week, our next podcast will be the, uh, the the best podcast that we do. It's the Bracket Breakdown, where we go through every game. We make our picks. We give you some fun facts. We give you some opinions. Uh, we give you everything on that podcast. It's the it's the funnest show that we do every year. So, uh, otherwise, we'll see. I, like I said, I don't know if I'm going if I go to the Summit League tournament, then there won't be a podcast. If I don't go, then there's a chance that there will. but we'll we'll see about that as as we get closer. So uh, again, enjoy the Summit League tournament. Go big, go blue, go jacks. And we will talk to you next week or the week after. Enjoy March. It's the best time of the year. The college basketball conference tournaments are starting, and it's wonders wonderful. So for Matt and Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. Enjoy the Summit League tournament. Enjoy all the college basketball conference tournaments. And we'll talk to you soon on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Go big, go blue, go Jacks.